All right, welcome everybody to episode 85 of the RF Generation Collector Cast, where we got the whole crew on board. Kelsey, how's it going? Really good, really good. Bill, what's up for the weekend? This this weekend has been fantastic. Can't wait to talk about it. Glad to be back with both of you. It's going to be a good show. Well, let's roll right into it. What's been up? So uh, for me, it was my youngest son's birthday yesterday. Uh, we ended up celebrating today, uh, you know, being Saturday and all. Yeah, I'll, I'll let him know that uh, you said that. He'll probably say, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> he, won't, he won't remember me. Yeah, no, he's, so he's, he's, he's not talking very much. Uh, he did actually say we were watching um, uh, Cars uh, this morning, uh, Pixar Cars, and he kept saying, ooey, ooey. And then I noticed that, it was Luigi and Guido were on the screen, and I was like, "Wait, wait, Luigi!" And I was like, "Luigi!" And he turned to me and he said, "Luigi!" I was like, "Awesome! Like we're getting some some parts of words." So, uh, so yeah, that's gonna be fun. So, um, but yeah, so it was birthday yesterday. We celebrated today. So my my parents were over, and my sister and brother in law and my uh, niece, which was awesome. Um, the we're we're taking like a little break with games with the kids right now just because you know focus on school and they're kind of having a hard time with their attention uh right now so we're just kind of the the switches i think i mentioned last time stay at work during the week and then yeah. they come home on the weekends if they've been good the switches have been at my office at work for several weeks now and that's the way that we're you know getting things going right now we there is a strong chance that we'll grab them tomorrow because i've got a little bit of a uh, of a trip uh, tomorrow so just to help uh you know sarah kind of control the the storm that might happen back here so <laughs> she'll have those as like ammunition uh so just getting into my stuff so uh what i've been playing i ended up finishing andromeda uh and to be fair I definitely kind of reached a point in my fun level with with doing all the side stuff where I was like, you know what, I'm switching gears from what I did in the mainline system where I was like, okay, finish as much as I can and then do the priority missions. I reversed it. I was like, listen, I'm doing priority missions. I'm getting through this because nothing – I mean, we'll talk about it more in the, uh, in the, the legit show, which may be the next one. Nothing was really grabbing me in a way that made me want to keep playing it. So I said, maybe the mainline story will do that. So I switched gears, ended up finishing the game, <laughs> uh, jumped into the chat with you guys, and you're, you're talking about some things like, you know, uh, optional stuff and side quests and loyalty missions that I did not end up doing. But I, it's not really a spoiler. When you finish Andromeda, you can keep playing within the galaxy that you've started. So there's a chance that I'll go back and just kind of do some of the missions that sound cool or sound interesting or have good story beats to them. Um, but I'm happy that I'm uh, that I'm through. You know, the main part of that game. Uh, so we'll talk about that uh, uh, probably in the next show. Um, there was a local tag sale uh, that I took the kids to where we got some games. I think I might have mentioned this in the last show. My my brain's kind of a blur lately. I didn't. Okay, I'm I'm seeing the nose. So <laughs> my my son has been really wanting to play Pokemon Go a lot lately, and we don't really let him have the phone very much. So we say, Dad, Pokemon Go walk. Can we go on a Pokemon Go walk? So I'm like, yeah, let, let's. So it was too late. So we're like, let's do it first thing in the morning. So I got up at like six six thirty to have my coffee and then enjoy a little bit of the quiet. And my oldest son like rolls right out of bed when he hears me and he's like pokemon go walk <laughs> you know putting his putting his socks on I'm like all right bud let's do it so got my coffee and we and we got out there and we're walking down the street and we see 
uh, like a tag sale setting up and I realized that it's people that I know. It's like the parents of, uh, of, of a couple that I know. Um, and we're friends with them. We like gone to PAX and like they're friends of friends type deal. So we kind of, uh, we didn't want to be the early birds cause they weren't ready yet. And I was like, Oh, you guys are setting up cool. Like what time's it open? And they told us, so like, all right, we'll come back in a bit. So we finished our walk. We came back and we were still some of the first people there. And there was like a big mountain of video game stuff. And I actually remembered they pinged me like months and months ago. Like, Hey, if we send you like a list of games, can you kind of like give us an idea what they're worth just so that we like aren't asking, you know, too much or too little. So I told them, uh, and obviously the market has changed since then. Um, so, and I said to them, I was like, listen, like, when I saw video game stuff, I was like, a lot of this stuff has boosted up. So, you know, in case you wanted to try to make a few extra bucks and they were like, honestly, like, we're good. Like, we're okay. Someone having a deal. It's a tag sale type deal. And they were like, you know, feel free, like, you know, go look at some stuff. So I'm not really in pickup mode, but at the same time, there's a lot of cool stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, the kids are always interested in things. So I kind of made a little pile and I pointed and I was like, let me know what you want for all that. Like, I'm, I won't argue with you. And they gave me a good price. I took it. And it was just really cool to like pick up some old stuff because I had, you know, trimmed down the collection like we had talked about, you know, doing in the evaluating your collection episode. And, you know, I, it wasn't really regrets, but it's like every once in a while, it's like you would hear a sound like, you know, someone would tweet, you know, oh, remember this? And it was like the splash screen of the PS1 or the PS2 or just something where you're like, oh, yeah, you know, and it just kind of triggers something in you. Um, so I ended up picking up a fat PS2 a slim PS2, a handful of Wii games, a couple of GameCube games, a couple of Game Boy, uh, original Game Boy, like those like nylon cases with like the zipper, like the shoulder strap case, um, and a Wavebird with the receiver. Um, I feel like it <laughs> did pretty hard to find together. Yeah, I, I feel like it did pretty good. Um, and uh, uh, and I know the the collectors out there are going to be shaming me, especially the Nintendo ones. But I'm looking at some of these GameCube games. And I'm like, I mean, we don't have a GameCube, but, you know, who knows, eventually, maybe. And then we're kind of, like, sorting everything, and I grab the game, the WaveBird wireless receiver, and I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I forgot, like, this, like, actually can work with the Wii. And then I was like, wait a minute, the Wii plays GameCube games? <laughs> <laughs> Completely forgot about that. So I went to my kid, and I'm like, guys, we can actually play this, like, it works in our Wii. So, uh, so that was awesome to kind of discover that. And uh, my oldest son is really into Smash Bros. Ultimate. It's the only one he's ever played. So on um, Smash Bros. Uh, Brawl, he's like, well, what is this? Like a different version? Because he's used to seeing like Castle Crashers remastered. And then there's just Castle Crashers on 360. He's like, is this right. just like the same game? Like it doesn't look as good? I'm like, no, no, it's completely, it's like a completely different Smash game. So, uh, and the same thing, uh, New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Um, you probably like the subspace emissary in Brawl. Uh, you could like, mm. co-op one for the boys. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I, I asked him if he wanted to play it, and he was like, "Oh, like not right now. I want to play um, uh, Mario Galaxy." I was like, "Good Excellent call, bud." Choice. And then you know what else I, I realized? Um, and just because like Wii collecting is not in my brain. Like if someone said to you, like said to me, like, "Do you have these Wii games?" I'd be like, "Yeah, probably not." So I bought a copy of Mario Galaxy to get home and to realize <laughs> I still have my original copies of Mario Galaxy 1 and 2. So I was like, hey, you know, I, now I got a spare. Um, also, I grabbed Twilight Princess, which is not my favorite, but I didn't have a copy. So There's some cool stuff in there, too. It's not terrible. Nope, I, I wouldn't say it's a terrible game at all. It's just one that I kind of finished and kind of looked back on, and I was like, all right, you know, that, that was an experience. 
Um, so yeah, so it was a. Uh, but again, I, and I mentioned to some of you guys in the Slack, it was just, it was just cool. Be- like so, there's a handful of reasons why I don't pick a lot of stuff up anymore. Besides that, I'm not actively collecting. It's that you know we just aren't going out and being social and you know like putting ourselves and our kids out there that much. So just the fact that we could walk three doors down. And there were some games, you know, like that was a, just kind of a cool experience to have with them. And now we're driving through town and we'll just see a sign and my wife will be like, oh, someone's having a tag sale. And the kids are like, tag sale. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, guys, guys, they're not all like that. <laughs> they don't all have <laughs> piles of games that are affordable. Uh, but, but still like, and then for a while they thought when they saw tag sale, they thought it was that exact sale at that exact house they're like oh can uh, we go back there we're like no no like it's it's a different one like you gotta get them really excited sale. about old dishes and like books that haven't been read in 40 <laughs> yeah. years and <laughs> yeah it's like ooh, milk plates yeah <laughs> <laughs> oversized clothes <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah but it, it was just fun to kind of share that with them because we like we tried to bring them to the flea market a while back and they were into it, but like they kind of just jump from table to table, you know, and and they're kind of gravitated to anything that's a toy or anything that's you know they think is cool. Like, oh, can I get this? Can I get this? And it's more of you just like telling them at every table, no, like we're gonna keep walking, you know. So like it wasn't, you know, but the the, the tag sale experience was fantastic. Um, so we did that. That was great. Um, the uh, the RF Generation crew, uh, a bunch of people on social media, and in particular, Single Banana inspired me to do something that I rarely, rarely do, and that's buy a game the day it comes out. And the reason I don't normally do this uh, is because, like, I don't want to pay full price. Um, you know, I have other things going on, like I'll get to it eventually. But it was one of those things where I saw everyone posting, ah, I got my Metroid, I got my Metroid, I got my Metroid, and I was like, oh, I love 2D Metroid, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, which, you know, our topic coming up, obviously, like, definitely get to it. But then uh, Rich posted his. He was like, I, I did something I rarely do. Bought a game, you know, full price on launch day. And I was like, well, if Rich can do it, <laughs> I can certainly do it. And then just on a whim, I looked up on Slick Deals. I was like, oh, you know, Metroid Dread, is there any chance, you know, there's a deal? And turns out there was. And this is a fairly common thing at Walmart, which I didn't know because I don't shop at Walmart. They, most of the time like stealth price new releases at 10 bucks under retail so um it was 49 uh, us dollars at walmart um so i'm fine with that because nintendo games being what they are you could wait a year or two and then maybe get it 10 bucks off black friday or something like yeah. that so went ahead and pulled the trigger uh started metroid dread and i will say that it is appropriately named because i do not feel warm and fuzzy inside while i'm playing this but uh once you get a couple of the power-ups that kind of give you some, not offense against these powerful guys, but more of a defensive, uh, uh, you know, uh, ability that you can gain to help you uh, circumnavigate them, it, it becomes less of a anxiety-inducing situation for me. But uh, I'm, I'm, it's an inter- interesting experience so far. I'm, I'm curious to get a little further. Uh, so that's dread. Um, and so before I started, well, when I, you know, when I bought dread, I was like, okay, I got to do what I've been you know, saying I should do for a while. I got to make a game like a two-play list and kind of, you know, try to go off that. Even if it's got like some variety, so when I finish something, I can kind of choose. So one of the games that I have started and got, you know, pretty pretty deep into, a little more than halfway through and just kind of, you know, life got in the way and I put it down, was Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which um, I loved Blind Forest and I started Will right away. So I said, I'm going to go back to that and I'm going to play it. 
uh, and I was able to finish it uh, just w- within a handful of uh, play sessions. Um, so it was absolutely beautiful. Um, love, love, love that game. There's definitely a handful of difficulty spikes in there, uh, and there's a handful of those kind of classic Metroidvania. Hmm, where am I supposed to go <laughs> next? Uh, moments that you either love or hate. If you like those, you know, exploratory aha moments, or if you just say, "Ah, Google it and tell me where I go right now." Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's. I mean, the the artwork. It's, and I, I think Pam said the same thing in her kind of like best games of the year uh, video she did. It, you just you're just in awe of how good the artwork is in this game. Um, and I looked it up, and it's uh, Moon Studios is in uh, out of Vienna, Austria. So uh, I think these are the first two games they made too, are Ori and Ori, Ori One and Ori Two, and they're working on an as yet unannounced. Uh, I think it just says like an action adventure game on their wiki page or on their main page. So uh, Will of the Wisp just came out about a year ago, so we probably have two or three years before we hear what these guys are doing because there was five years between Ori One and Two. Uh, but yeah, Ori, oh, absolutely fantastic. Um, I purchased Axiom Verge 2, sticking with the Metroidvania uh, theme of the day. Um, This was uh, during the Epic Games uh, Halloween sale. So Epic Games is really cool uh, as compared to Steam with their sales. Besides giving you free game game or games every week, when they do a sale, it's the same thing as Steam where it's like, you know, like 50 to 75, you know, percent off depending on, you know, the price or the age of the game. But when the sale starts, they give everybody a $10 or a $15, depending on the sale, coupon. So it's like you can get like one thing kind of mega on sale because so you can, you know, kind of really cut it down. So uh, instead of getting like a more expensive game for a $10 discount, I decided to get Axiom Verge 2 for $10. Um, so again, similar to Dread, I was like, I don't feel like I'm going to do much better than that anytime soon. Get the Axiom Verge 2 for half off. Uh, and I didn't mean to get halfway through Axiom Verge 2 uh, within like, you know, <laughs> four or five days of owning it, but. Here we are, <laughs> halfway through. So um, I'll, I'll, I know I say this a lot, but I'll have more thoughts on that, you know, as I get further along in it. Um, and I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm not enjoying it because I absolutely am. Uh, but if there is one thing this game is not, it's Axiom Verge One. Uh, and the biggest difference is um, Axiom Verge One was very much in the in the in the vein of Metroid, where it was projectile weapons for the most part. And Axiom Verge 2, for the most part, is melee weapons. Um, so it's a big, big uh, change in the combat. There's like a hacking component where you can, you're, the hacking mechanism is different, where you can do different things depending on your hacking level. You still have like that drone ability, but they've tweaked it a little bit, no spoilers. Um, and uh, the setting is different. So instead of this like very, very, you know, kind of otherworldly space, you know, other planet infection type uh, environment, you're in Antarctica. And a thing happens and you go through a portal, but you're still kind of like, you know, in a very earthy feeling environment where like it doesn't feel super alien. The music's very, very, very good because the, you know, it's the same composer, you know, Thomas Happy does everything doing the music for it. But it doesn't sound anything like the music in Axiom 1. Like Axiom 1 kind of sounded very sci-fi and otherworldly. And this sounds very grounded in like the music of the world like that we live in. It's got a lot of Indian uh, influence. Um, like a lot of kind of sitar sounding things. Like there's actually there's some vocalization. There's one part in the game where you kind of take a little detour into the world that Axiom One took place in, and the music from Axiom One comes in, and it's ne- it's never more apparent than when that happens. And you're like, oh yeah, like I'm <laughs> back here. It is. 
And it was funny because my, my son was playing games next to me today because we let them just before our Halloween walk. And he just he turned he saw me playing Axiom Verge two, and he said, "Dad, look!" And he fired up Axiom Verge one, and I'm just sitting here playing two, and then I look over and I look at one, and I'm just like, oh, "It's it's there's something lightning in a bottle, magically wonderfully perfect about Axiom Verge one to me." And again, not to talk down on Axiom two at all because I really really like it. I'm really enjoying it. It's a fun game. I'm I'm happy to keep playing it. It is not Axiom Verge one, and it, it's it's just, uh, you know, it's 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 hard for me to, to verbalize, but uh, yeah, uh, really really enjoying so far. But it just kind of has solidified how much I love Axiom Verge one, just uh, kind of seeing the differences. Um, so that was that, and just a quick Lego chat because I mentioned uh, this set before. Uh, we finished the question block set. It was really really fun, uh, fun build. Um, there's a uh, there's a little hidden secret in it that I think has been you know fairly well uh, uh, published. But if you didn't want to hear it, you could close your your ears right now. Two, one. Okay, here we go. Um, besides like all the worlds that kind of open up on the top of it, so you can see the three you know like uh, uh, Mario 64 worlds or the four of them rather. There's a little hidden compartment that you pull open and then you hit a button and the front of the question block opens up. And it's like a, a platform, like a circular, uh, uh, like rotating platform that you can put Bowser on. And then you put Mario at the center of the platform. So it reenacts the final battle where you have to like swing Bowser like in a, in like a, in a circle and then like throw him off uh, uh, to damage him. So that was a really cool little touch uh, for, uh, for fans of the game. They, they could you know, kind of discover that uh, as they were building it. Uh, it looks great up on a shelf. Uh, really, really happy with that set. Uh, the ATAT uh, that is rumored for Black Friday has still not been confirmed. I will keep you guys up to date on that. And the last thing I'll mention is this weekend. Um, as a kind of funny, um, I've been talking a lot more on social media about you know getting tattoos, and I've been you know kind of really, really kind of researching this for a while, getting looking for art, looking for inspiration, trying to find artists, you know, kind of getting closer to to making a decision on some art and some artists. And then I I realized. Uh, Back when I was doing Retro Worlds, there was a, a tattoo convention that shared the space with us. It was Tommy's Tattoo Convention. The first year, like we kind of like split the auditorium, and we we made them a deal. We're like, you know, if if anyone wants to come to Tommy's or anyone goes to Retro World, we're like, you know, we'll let people in like both ways. So it was almost like a like a, like a secret hidden you know two way ticket. And so I totally forgot about that. And I'm just kind of like googling local tattoo artists, and a bunch of them are like, oh, like we're gonna be at Tommy's. So Tommy's Tattoo Convention is going on right now uh in hartford uh where retro world is so i'm going to take a little detour down there tomorrow after my kids hockey and i'm going to meet some of the artists that i've been following on instagram and uh just kind of see some of the stuff they're up to one of the things i'm learning about tattoo artists especially the good ones uh their books are always closed <laughs> so when yeah. you when you find a good artist or when you find an artist that you like if you look at their instagram and they're like yeah, I mean, I'm available anytime. Might be a red flag. <laughs> so, because all the good ones are like, yep, books are closed till 2022. Books are closed till next June. Books are closed, no DMs. I'm like, oh, it's 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 tough to get in with the, the good ones, I guess, because they're they're in high demand. So, um, but one thing, other thing I've noticed is a lot of them, when they're you know doing their their social media and their their you know Instagram and stuff, 
they'll attend these conventions and they'll be like, okay, like I'm booking for this convention. So if you have like a piece, you know, like on an arm, a leg, you know, something that could be done like within a day, you know, they're booking for that. So not that I would consider that, but I thought that was a, a an inter- just an interesting little fact to know about, you know, the setup in case, uh, you know, we got to go that direction. It also kind of gives me a lot of time to re- to think about like, okay, I've got, you know, four or six months, like whatever it is before one of the artists that I really, really like gets a spot. So I can really kind of nail down, you know, the, the theme, the inspiration, get some ideas. So, uh, yeah, but it it was funny. I told my mom, she was the reason for a long time. I was like, "Ah, I'm not going to get tattoos. I don't think my mom would like it. Um, and then like my wife told my mom that, and my mom was like, you're a grown up, do whatever you want. Like, I'm going to love you either way. Don't worry about it. So I told my mom's like, yeah, I'm going to a, a convention this weekend. And she was like, for what? And I was like, you sure you want to know? <laughs> so I told her, it's like, yeah, I'm going for inspiration. And she was like, oh, I love inspiration. She's like, no, 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 I haven't told you yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> like she thought I was going for like motivational speaker or something, uh, which oh, would right. also be interesting. Um, but I was like, yeah, I'm going, it's a tattoo convention. I'm going for inspiration to see like what kind of tattoos uh, I'm going to be looking into for next year. And she went, oh, <laughs> so hopefully she's uh she's cool with it um i know she will be but I, it was just a funny interaction that we had so uh so yeah that's that's the tattoo update um and retro world is coming up uh the uh the not the weekend after no it's the right it's it's not the next weekend which is halloween weekend it's the weekend after that and i'm thrilled that rich uh our friend the single banana is uh, going to be coming up for that i think bickman might actually be coming up as well so that could end up being like a cool little mini rf gen reunion and uh, uh banana is actually staying a couple days uh, after the expo with me i took a couple days off so we're gonna have a little adventure uh that uh, i'm surprising him with not that they're having an adventure but it's like He's given me the day, and I'm kind of filling it with, uh, you know, fun, surprisey, nerdy, cool, oh, cool stuff. So, hopefully, he really enjoys what I have planned for him, and uh, it'll be a good time. So, yeah, lots, lots of good stuff going on lately. So, it's all, all good news, which is always, always better than the, uh, the alternative. Yeah, I'm jealous of Rich. I want to come have a plan a day for me. That sounds awesome. <laughs> hey, it's uh, we're we're getting closer and closer, right? Hopefully. Closer and closer to that little, uh, to a, a bigger reunion with uh, maybe a road trip with some more dudes on it and plenty, plenty fun stuff to go around. It'll, it'll be awesome. Very good. Well, what about you, Kelsey? What's up? So I think this is maybe the first show this whole year where I haven't beaten a new Nintendo game. Wow. And it's not because I didn't try either. Like I, I had a couple. <laughs> I had, I had bad experiences with Mock Rider and Dungeon Magic over the last couple of weeks, so I've kind of put them on the back burner, and I'm just focusing on that Miracle Piano because I am on the very last lesson in the whole game. And it's hard, but it's not as hard as the the one I did, like, two before this. So I just haven't had the, the mindset to be able to sit down and put in, like, hours of practice every day to learn the song. So it's, it's progressing, but it's progressing slow. And so... I've got a question then. How are you going to prove that you did this? Are you like videotaping yourself playing? That's the best part about Miracle Piano. Uh, unlike every single other NES game, 
it shows the button and push that you're pushing when you're playing the practice modes because it's got oh. a digital keyboard across the bottom of the screen and it's showing what I'm inputting. So that's good enough for me. It's going to be the most boring video that I have because all the sound comes out of the piano. It doesn't come out of the TV. So it's just going to be a metronome mm. playing well. Oh. So, so, so follow-up question. That's interesting. So a couple of follow-up questions. Does the keyboard have an audio output so that if you had like another audio input on your recording that you could, you know, record uh, the audio both from the Nintendo and from the keyboard and mix yeah. that together. Yeah, it's a legit keyboard. Like you, it's got all oh. the outputs you'd want. It's, it's uh, you can just use it as an instrument. You don't have to use it with your Nintendo. Interesting. And then so the last question, I'll let you keep going. If I know you're not an emulation guy, but since it's recording the button inputs from the keyboard, if you were to emulate this game, like, is there a way to emulate it? Or since you don't have a keyboard, I'm not sure. I, I honestly yeah, don't could, know. Um, they've made like those little um, NES controller ports for PCs that are like mm-hmm. USB. So I don't see why you couldn't plug the the cable into it. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what the solution is for that. But I, I never thought about that before because I'd mm-hmm. only ever like when I had the Miracle Cart and the piano. I just you know threw them together and kind of played it legit a couple times and never. But you there know. was a PC version, so I don't yeah. know. You You're even right. Need, yeah, you wouldn't need to fool with it. Yeah, I forgot there was PC. Cool. Yeah, PC and Genesis had one too, I think. Yeah, it's the same. From my understanding, it's pretty much the same keyboard. You just have to have the software and the cable. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Packaging was. Do- and then uh, I remember. I thought I remember my keyboard, like like the like the overlay had the Nintendo like logo somewhere on it. Yeah. 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 I think the other ones they just didn't put that on. I think it's just like that overlay is like literally an overlay that pops off and mm-hmm. probably exactly exactly. Yeah, it's not part of the keyboard, yeah. Yeah, so I'm hoping by next show I can never have to talk about Miracle Piano again unless <laughs> I want to. <laughs> um so to, to do things that have been more fun uh i've been booting up the ps5 a little bit more uh my daughter and i started playing ratchet and clank rift apart since the last show we've actually got the platinum since then too uh nice. it was very adorable and fun <laughs> it was my first ratchet and clank game ever so i was kind of hoping i would really like it and i'm like i have all the other ones let's go back and visit them but i feel like i'm good with what i got here i don't mm. i enjoyed it but i don't need to dig further into that franchise um and this game in particular i feel like i would have loved it if i had played all the other ones first mm. because of all this like dimensional tearing and, and different realities and stuff there there's all these different versions of characters that have shown up throughout the whole series so I think a fan of these games would be like, oh, that's such a cool take on this character, and that one's really silly now. But I, I had to kind of guess at all those things because I don't have any background with any of these characters. Mm. But uh, we had a good time, and she still wants to go back and play once in a while, even though we've we've done everything. So we've got all, all the weapons and, and fought every monster you can fight, but she still wants to go and explore the levels a little bit and just goof off, which is fun. Um, and speaking of platinum trophies, I also finished up the platinum on Returnal, which I've been plugging away at for a couple months, just here and there, the odd night, uh, I'll do a run and try and find the last couple things I'm missing since it's all randomly generated. You just got to kind of hope you get a run where the thing you're looking for is there mm. sometimes. Uh, but man, that game is great. I, I think... I can see myself still playing it even after the, the platinum here because uh, it's just just a fun little loop and the story uh 
the like the final ending that I unlocked. Love it. it. It's so cool how they tell you the story that fits in with the game mechanics, like how they're telling it with all the dying and respawning and the time loops and stuff, like how everything kind of fits together. And it's not it's not definite. Like I have ideas of how I think the story went, but like yeah. I, I could easily imagine three or four other scenarios kind of fitting as well. So you just kind of have to interpret it how you want to interpret it based on uh, based on your playthroughs, which is kind of neat. Um, like Bill, I've been playing a lot of Mass Effect Andromeda, especially the last week here, and I just finished it up yesterday. So yeah, I think the next show we can definitely dig into that one more because um, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation. I think we're going to have three totally different perspectives <laughs> and, and uh, experiences with it, which is really cool. Um, I have a friend who he gets frustrated with my game collection because he's like, you have all this cool stuff and you never use some of it. And so <laughs> he I made plans to go see him last week and he, he messaged me a picture of this uh, Dreamcast controller for pop and music. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. It's like a big rhombus and there's nine buttons on it. And he's like, bring it over. We're playing pop and music today. It's been driving me nuts. You've had this controller forever and we've never played it. So he's like, I'm burning it on my Dreamcast and we're going to do it. So I went over there and we played pop and music and it is a great rhythm game. Super fun. I, I've never really spent time with it or watched any videos on it or anything. So I was going in blind and just had a blast uh, playing this music game. And we started trying to like, we were really bad at it, but it lets you play the whole song. So we put it on the experts using all nine buttons and you're like flailing around trying to hit this thing. And it was a blast. And I kind of want to check out some expert players now and see, cause it's got to look pretty impressive to, to keep going with all those buttons. Um, our patron engineer, Mike, uh, we're still plugging away at Lufia. We were hoping to get to this elf town last time we got together and like every screen we'd scroll down, it seemed like someone had a new side quest for us to send us off on a tangent so we couldn't get to the elf town. So we didn't quite make it there last time, but I'm pretty confident this next session we can we can finally get there and, and uh, move the story along a little bit. Um, I got Scott Pilgrim a few weeks ago from Limited Run finally, and I sat down with my kids and we played three-player co-op through most of that game. We, I think tomorrow we're going to try and finish it off. Uh, but it's been a blast. Um, it, it's kind of frustrating having the lives with my daughter because she's just having fun and goofing around and playing with us. So she dies a lot. We try and protect her as best we can, but you only have three lives. And then we're, we're without her for the last bit of the level. So we kind of wish there was some mode or way to uh, make it easier on her. But uh, she's still having fun and, and having a good time. Looking forward to finishing it up tomorrow, I think. Um, I've been playing a lot more Dragon Quest V, and I know, I know I talked about it positively at last show, but it is still blowing my mind, that game. It is so cool how you're, you're not the, you're not the hero, like, in the story. Like, you are just this conduit for the story, and, like, you, you get some of the, like, legendary armor that the hero needs, and it's like, you can't use this. This isn't for you. And then it's like... Because I think last time I talked about the 10-year time gap where your dad got killed and you got sent into slavery for like 10 years. And then so th there's another big time jump. Like you get married and you have kids 
and then you get turned into stone for like eight years and so that your kids can age up and come and save you and then they're like viable party members now and so i've got i'm at the point in any jrpg where the whole map's kind of open to me so i've got I've got the boat and i've got a magic carpet so i can get to most areas i want to go so i'm just kind of backtracking to all the towns to see what's new because it's been eight years and some of them like have had big changes and new items and new characters um and you can recruit some of my favorite part of the game where you can recruit monsters and you can recruit some of the npcs i'd rather just have all the like story characters but uh i've, I've been using a couple of the monsters for the whole game now so they're just like i feel like i have to keep using them because they're so leveled up and they've got all my good equipment that i spent on them and stuff so locked in with those guys but i'm really really excited to finish that one off and just see where it keeps going because so far it's it's keeps surprising me which i you know is rare with the jrpg you kind of know the formula at this point for most of them and lastly i got a pickup which when's the last time we talked about pickups other than a tag <laughs> sale right now so this, yeah. this whole episode's uh, looking like a collector cast finally <laughs> Um, the same buddy who was bugging me about the pop and music controller, uh, he picked up Fire Emblem Fates, the special edition, and he's purposely been like, I picked this up because I, th- I think I can hold on to it for you. I think you'll want this. And he was absolutely right because if you know that game, uh, there's three versions to it. Uh, there's Conquest and Birthright and Revelations. And so you, you could go to any store, go to your Best Buy or your Target or whatever, and you could buy Conquest and birthright you could never buy revelations it was only available digitally unless you scored the special edition and all three games come on one cartridge so as a fire emblem fan who has played through and beaten almost every fire emblem game that's been localized i've never done these ones because i started playing through birthright and it and when it dawned on me that i couldn't actually finish the whole story because i would have to have downloaded revelations and i didn't want to download it um, I had just made up my mission to try and find this special edition and man, they are pricey now. And the one that he found for me was sealed. So it wasn't, wasn't cheap to get, but uh, he let me like pay him off over the last couple months, just throw a few bucks at him. And he's like, Hey, I want to, he, he, uh, he doesn't have a credit card. So he's like, I want a uh, Philippian PSN card this week. There's some games on sale over there through this thing I want to get. So every once in a while he'd throw me little links. He's like, grab me this and we'll, we'll knock it off your tab. And mm finally paid that off and super excited to have the last fire emblem game that i needed Uh, and now i can start playing that whole story now which with three games i'm sure won't be short but looking forward to it is there a fire emblem that you would recommend someone to start with if they were just curious about the series that is both like attainable and priced reasonably or how would you recommend someone get started if they're curious so there's, in my mind, there's, there's two eras of Fire Emblem. And the more popular one and the cheaper one and the easiest one to start at is Fire Emblem Awakening for the 3DS. Cool. Not expensive, very accessible to play and, and easy to get into. And it kind of revived the whole franchise. Mm. Most players really like Awakening. That's where it started to lose me, though. So I, w- I would say that one's probably your best bet, though. It's, it's like friendly to get into. It's got a cool story. It's got some cool mechanics. Uh, but personally, and, it, and it's the very opposite, not accessible at all. It's like, I don't know, it's like $300 or something now. But the GameCube one, Path of Radiance, was my first one oh. and still my favorite one. 
Um, the Game Boy Advance ones, also very good, also very expensive. Um, so I, I think you're good with the modern stuff, though. You still kind of get the idea. Uh, so I'd say Awakening's a really good one to start, or if you have a Switch, uh, Three Houses is the newest one, and it is very different than any other Fire Emblem, uh, where they add a whole bunch of social aspects, like you're managing a school because you're a, you're a teacher in that one, so you like your your army is your students, so you get to know them in and out of battle, and you can affect the the things they learn, their stats, their relationships and stuff uh, beyond just the battlefield, which was really cool. And you get the most replayability out of that one because you can play all three different houses that are in that. And then within those houses, you can also make pretty big different story decisions that uh, lead it different ways. So uh, yeah, those two are probably the easiest for a new player to get into. But if you like those, I'd definitely figure out a way to go further back into the franchise if you can. Cool. Thank you for that. That's about it for my last couple of weeks here. Oh, good. Sounds like you've, uh, <laughs> you've been busy, so good. Yeah. Um, on my end, uh, there's a few things, I guess, to get into. Um, first, talk about a few things that I've been watching. Um, this one came up last night. I don't know. You know, you ever have just a random thing that you that you somehow find and stumble upon and then you're watching it. So last night, um, last night, tonight, uh, Maddie had somebody over, another friend called Maddie. And they were <laughs> off doing their thing, right? You know, hanging out in, uh, in the room and doing all that. And so Eden is downstairs with us because, you know, she's the younger one and, you know, that's, that's how all that works. And so she was flipping through Netflix, and you know, usually the kind of stuff she watches on Netflix are the cartoons <laughs> and kids like you know, of course, right? But for some reason, she picks on uh, picks this this show, and it's on, and we're watching it. And I'm thinking like, ah, oh, this is like one of those cooking competition shows. I hate these things. Uh, but we're watching, we're like, wait a minute, what? This is this is different. This is interesting. And we ended up binging the whole stinking set like all night last night Stay i want to know what show it is yeah. so yeah because so show... i'm the same way i'm not usually into these shows but like my yeah. sister-in-law visited once and we ended up watching this one show and i was like mm, i wonder what's gonna happen next so like, we did the same thing <laughs> so it's gonna sound dumb but it, i don't know why it's called baking impossible on hmm. netflix and here's the twist yes it's about baking but they pair a baker and an engineer together. Man. <laughs> and the task they have to make for each stage of the competition is they have to make something that's also an engineering challenge, but it all has to be edible. And part of it also they have to like create a dessert that goes with the theme that they're making. So like the first one <laughs> is you have here you know you have to create a uh, a boat that can float down this 20-foot obstacle course and make it to the end. It's purely wind-driven. And so, like, the engineer has to, like, come up with, like, a rudder system and all this, and then, like, the baker, like, how do I make something float? And so they're working <laughs> together to try to, like, build a boat, and, like, it just starts from there. And then they just keep having these challenges and whittling them down. And, like, some of the challenges they get to at the end are, like, Oh my, this is like really huge. Mm. Like at one point, they make like a car. Like, <laughs> uh, anyway. 
but it's I don't know it was like one of those things like the shows are not incredibly long and I think there's like nine episodes to the whole season or whatever it is so you can watch it in an evening that's what we did you know binge watch the whole thing and uh, I was really good we were all really enthralled like what's oh, it? oh we want these people to win oh man they're the best and you know uh, I won't, you, I won't you were you were ordering t-shirts <laughs> I mean, not quite that far but i mean yeah we were like oh this is because usually I, I, yeah that stuff is usually like this is junk you know yeah. sure, like this is just garbage it's oh i'm gonna make this cake and oh my cake is tastier than your cake mm. but the engineering part <laughs> brought a whole new spin because they're like trying to figure out like how can we take edible food products and make things like a hull for a boat that's not too heavy mm. but is watertight you know what I mean? And so they have to come up with, like, all these new ideas and compounds. And, like, the engineers yeah. don't know anything about cooking. And the bakers yeah. don't really know anything about engineering. But by the time they get through the whole series, like, they've both really kind of learned a lot about what the other people do. So, like, the teams that are going, like, really kind of synergize and start working together in some really interesting ways. So, um, yeah. So if you got a if you got an <laughs> evening to kill, watch... Uh, uh, watch uh, Baking Impossible. Yeah. On I'll have to recommend it to my sister-in-law. Uh, the one that we ended up uh, watching that she kind of got us hooked on for a few days is a very popular one that a lot of people watch. It was one of the British Bake Off ones. I know there's like all different variations with, you know, celebrities and then real people and then all different stuff. But like I had heard of it but never seen it. Um, so the and I mean the the reality TV formula is kind of you know if you've seen it you know what it is but like I I, I didn't find it as like uh, like insufferable as some of the other stuff because at the end it was at the end of all of it it's just it's light, very lighthearted it's baking they're not trying to add this unnecessary drama to it and if they do it's like whose marshmallows gonna be fluffiest like you know I don't really get upset when I'm you know like watching it. But yeah, that's a really cool one uh, with the uh, the engineering piece to it. I'll have to watch that. Yeah, totally different take. Uh, and, and that's all. Like, you know, they were interested in some more of the baking stuff. The engineering stuff was interesting for me. And then, like, you know, anyway. Um, besides that, I watched Black Widow. Um, I rewatched that uh, a few days ago, too. I saw it in the theater. You? I did. Uh, yeah, I remember you said you that was like a big thing you finally got into the theater to watch yeah. like one of your first things back uh, yes Bill, you watch black widow no i to be honest i it fell off my radar okay. about it being available in my home so it, uh, it, it did did it hit Disney that plus it hit the it 30 day or whatever the mark was okay yeah i i i should be able to get through that i mean i'm gonna watch it i've, I've kind of heard your facial expressions about it already but uh but yeah it, it'll be a thing that i watch yeah, I think Quan Chi or whatever it is comes out next month. Shang uh, mm. Shang Chi. Okay, close. Quan Chi is what I'm going to call it. Quan Chi. It is is rich is rich Divisio so, in it. <laughs> so I, for, I forgot because I took like two weeks off. But when I started playing Andromeda, was like right after I saw Shang Chi. So I forgot that I made my character look like a female Shang Chi. So I, I call her Shang Chi when I'm playing. Andromeda. <laughs> There Love it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I won't spoil anything uh, about the movie. Um, it's all right. I love uh, it. I love it. it I, yeah, it was not the best MCU it was the movie best. I've seen. <laughs> really? Like this? Kelsey said it was the I best I like one. it a lot. It's it's really high for me. Oh. Like, when I rewatched it, I forgot, because it, okay. it's got a lot of dark subject matter. 
But yeah. I laugh really hard at that movie. Like when there are those moments, they are super fun. Okay. Uh, Red Guardian was by really good. far the best part of that movie. Um, Elena is really good too. I like her a lot. But Red Guardian is is funny, and so is Elena talking about her pockets. Like, oh man, it gets me every time. <laughs> okay, I, that's, I'm glad you're excited. About that. I am excited about pockets. We're, we're going to need a spoiler cast just so I can watch yeah. it, and then we can get into detail. Really exciting talk about vests, Bill. Yes, <laughs> vests. That's I, you know. Hey, I'm I'm on this call with my vest friend, friends right now, so. <laughs> Why why don't uh, why don't snakes uh, wear vests? Well, they have no arms. <laughs> uh, some joke I heard. Uh, anyway, the like I said, it, it, it's a movie. Uh, I think it's weird that it came out when it came out mm-hmm. because obviously we know what happens, and uh, I don't know. It seemed like a movie that should have come out like four years ago. So yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't like a. No one was really like, I wonder what happened in between Age of Ultron and like, like it was an oh, era that that yeah. you don't really need to know about. But no, here's the, like, here's a story really. that happened then. Oh, so so you mean story wise, like in the canon? You don't mean that like what happened? Like because when you said like that it came out right now, my first thought was like, what is there like a global pandemic that happens in the movie? And you're like, why would they put this out right now? No, no. It's just like it's not it's be- a, a it's, missing it's piece that everyone's Ultron. been like. I wonder what yeah. happened here. It's just like yeah. here's a story with Black Widow that that's like cool. Like take it or leave it. Like you could you could not watch yeah. it and understand the MCU perfectly fine. Okay. I, I I think you could call this contractual obligation with Scarlett Johansson the movie and you'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Probably or, not or yeah. Or like, why does every male superhero get a standalone movie and? This one has not. Okay, well, here you go. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And to me, that's not that. It's not to do with male, female. It's just, you know, I, uh, I just didn't find this to be a, a great movie. But um, like I said, I really enjoyed the Red Guardian pieces. So I would watch a Red Guardian movie uh, just because of the humor. And he's, it was a fun character. And that's what I never felt about Black Widow. It's like they've like this is never a fun character. She's and, yeah, she's not meant to be fun. That's why guys like Red Guardian, I don't know, made me laugh a lot because there's a lot of darkness to that movie. So when you have those fun moments, like they really stood out. Yeah, yeah and I guess that's when I watch the super movie sometimes. And but that's the trend these days, right? Why does every superhero movie have to be some dark, horrible, depressing? You know, let's just have fun for. They don't just watch Ant Man, watch Guardians, watch the world. Let's talk about fun. Uh, The trailer for Black Adam came out, so uh, very short. Uh, But you know, again, it's a it's a DC movie. You know what DC movies know how to do? They have fun. So I think that's what we're gonna get with Black Adam. I mean, even though this the trailer seems kind of you know, but I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. Oh, uh, I really can't tell. Yeah, the words so, sounded like there was gonna be like a joke in there, but then he kept going like he was yeah. serious. Like, no, I no. <laughs> so I'm not being serious. Okay, good. If you yeah. si- did, you just watch the black yes. Adam. So 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 it's not so, funny. So, so yeah. So here's 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 my thing. I'm not, and I, I kind of take this from uh, my brother-in-law, who's uh, you know with movies. Like he's 
not like I wouldn't say like strictly anti-trailer, um, but he's a lot like me in the sense that he really wants to go in, you know, as as fresh as possible. And I know that even though the trailer doesn't always, you know, quote unquote, spoil things, it it gives you information about the movie that you know going in that you wouldn't, you know, know if you were going in fresh. So some of my favorite movie experiences of my life were walking into a theater like. All I know about this movie is what it's called. And like to this day, those are a couple of my favorite movies ever. And I don't know if it's coincidence, but uh, even like I'm very, very, very excited about the Batman. And I know the trailer just came out. I have not oh, watched it. So, yeah, like if, I know you're going to watch the movie anyway. So, yeah, yeah, the trailer. Very exciting. Very yeah. cool. Like, yeah, I don't think you you need to watch it if you do want to go in blind. Yeah. I have yeah, a friend that, who's been like avoiding anything to do with the new Spider-Man movie. Like impressively so. Like I don't even think he's picked up his phone in the last two months because he wants to not have anything <laughs> spoiled. So it, it's I want to talk to him about it, but I don't want to be the guy who spoils it. So it's like okay, right. let's talk about something else right now. Well, so don't worry, so you're not going to laugh your way through that trailer <laughs> either. But so, you can watch the Black Adam trailer though because it gives zero. Away. Right, zero and, away. and 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 the thing is, so the second part of that is like I'm not like that with every movie, obviously. Like just the ones that like I really really care about. So. um it's like, you know, like Dune, no trailers, you know, most Christopher Nolan movies, no trailers, you know, like I, I like uh, fresh, but like something like this, it's like, it's almost like I'll only watch the trailer if I'm not interested in seeing it sure. because it's like, all right, here, pitch me, you know, like, uh, all right, you, you can have, you know, two of my hours or no, you cannot, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I, I saw that the trailer came out. I haven't watched it yet. If you wanted to know if Black Adam had lightning powers. You would now know that. Is is he the god of hammers? Not in this one. No. <laughs> no he's Black Adam. Um, but you know, yeah, it's it's the Rock as mm. Black Adam. That's about all you. Get is really it? They didn't even show his face in the trailer. They're just yeah, he like does. he turns around. They got the cloak over him the whole time. You can barely. No, tell he it's turns him. around enough where you can tell it's the Rock. Yeah. yeah. But no, I mean, kills a guy and people try to shoot him and he doesn't die. I mean, so that's that's it. I mean, there's nothing to it. But do I look forward to Black Adam? Yeah, I'll have fun. It'll be hopefully it'll be. I hope it'll be fun. Right? <laughs> have fun. I'm trying. This is the part where I'm being serious. I'm have fun okay. So how once. fun Shazam was when yes, him when please. when Black Adam, who is no fun, and Shazam, who's all fun, like finally meet. That's going to be a really fun movie in some way. Like, but it's the Rock be can be weird. funny. He so can. Yeah. Absolutely. But that's not a funny character. I like. I don't know Black Adam inside and out, but he seems devoid no, of fun, from what I know. Well, about him. I mean, but Black Adam isn't evil. No, no, he's but he's a just, serious, unfun he's character. Just he's just authoritarian, right? Yes. So, I don't know. There's different ways you could play that character. But anyway. So, so I've, I've got a quick question as as a mostly comic book dummy who had never heard of black adam and had to look him up when i saw that this trailer came out one of the things i saw was that uh he's in dc comics now but that his first appearance was in the marvel family number one so is this something that switched pro so, like over no, no, or no. the the marvel family is still it was it got pulled into dc comics this marvel family the shazam family used to be called the marvel family unrelated to marvel comics though gotcha okay and then they got rolled into dc marvel he was was shazam was originally captain marvel yeah and and then Mm. they 
Yeah, and he was huge. Like he was bigger than Batman and Superman, yeah. like back in the forties, fifties. Oh wow! Uh, but I think the first superhero movie ever, like in history, was Shazam, Captain Marvel movie. Um, but yeah, like they, he kind of died off, and they stopped using him, to my knowledge. And then Marvel made their Captain Marvel, and then when they wanted to revive their DC's Captain Marvel, they couldn't use that name anymore, so they started going with Shazam. Wow. Yeah, somebody wasn't doing their legal homework. Yeah. They should have yeah. tra- trademarked and yeah. kept the Captain Marvel name. But yes, I'm, sh- I'm sure I made some mistakes there, but that's that's the basic yeah. gist of it. I, I've heard so... I've, I've never heard a bad thing uttered about Shazam. So I still good. haven't seen it, and I have some weird thing in my... Like, in my... In, in, in my gut, in my heart. I... What's the actor's name again who plays him? Uh, Zachary Levi? Yeah, Zach Levi. So I don't know what I have against him, but it's almost like remember like in The Simpsons, like Maggie and like the baby with the unibrow. Like you don't know <laughs> why, but like looking out the window, like like angry eyebrows, like I, I, something about you I don't like. And there's nothing wrong with it. he's probably a perfectly fine person and a funny actor, and everyone loves him and everyone raves about this movie. I just I don't know what it is about him. I can't. I can't. So I I think that will play to your advantage in this movie because he's. Okay not particularly likable through a lot of this movie. Okay. Um, his foster family is really endearing though. And that that's where a lot of the love comes from. Okay. Yeah. Sam's a great movie. Yeah. Um, and there was, you know, like we talked about, you know, the DC fandom out. So there was some other trailers, obviously the Batman. Batman. Suicide squad kills the justice league. Yeah. There's that game that's coming. Um, oh, did Rocksteady really did Rocksteady show anything? Or they're, they're the Suicide news? Squad kills the Justice League. That's Rocksteady. Yep. Oh, awesome! And they they put out a really great story trailer for the game. Mm. Yep. And um, Flash, you know, yeah, was, little teaser there. Yeah. Aquaman two teaser. Yeah. Um, so you know, DC cranking along as yeah. you would expect. Uh, still no. Talk about a new good Superman movie, but yeah, hey, they're doing Wonder Woman three. Yeah, but no word on Superman. I, yeah, I saw that. There's because uh, uh, yeah, we, so we all saw eighty four, and then they talked about another one. So yeah, I mean, I'll watch I think it. Those movies make good money. I think that's oh, the yeah. thing. Gal yeah. packs theaters, and people like her, and and the movies are fun, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, are they're not cinematic masterpieces, but they're fun, which is more than I can say about Black Widow. So. Uh, <laughs> I don't need to press it anymore. <laughs> you can you can have Black Widow. I'll watch a Wonder Woman flick. We'll both. That's fair. How's that? I would I watch it. a Red Guardian moving in and enjoy it. Sure. Um, I I didn't hate. It's not that I hated Black Widow. It was just kind of, one of those things where like, oh, I watched that. Okay. Um. Beyond that, uh, things that I was watching. Why do I go down these weird rabbit holes that I do? I don't know why these are the things I watch lately. But um, for some reason, I have had 70s nostalgia lately. And, uh, cool. It's going to top Super Train. What is it? Dis- so, disco. Here it comes. I, uh, <laughs> even than that, it's my childhood. I'm kinda, you know? So I've been going back and watching some uh, uh, One Day at a Time episodes. So I don't even know what that is. It's a show that started like in 75. And, uh, it, it, it was called like, the, it sounds it was, like a soap opera. One yeah, day it was, that was not a soap opera. It was called the A Team in Canada. <laughs> yeah. It's a sitcom from the seventies, and huh? 
and the 80s. I went all the way into the 80s. And, uh, yeah, so I was just kind of... I, I'm not going to watch the whole doggone series. I watched a couple episodes. That's enough to kind of satiate me just to go back and, like, man, I haven't thought of this in 40 years. So let's recap and, like, what's this all still enjoyable it, it, it <laughs> reminds you that the times were different you know yep. things were different um so you know if anyone in the universe cares uh one, uh, one day at a time was a show about a lady that had just divorced and with her two daughters and they moved to indianapolis so hey close oh, there you go. <laughs> and this is them trying to make it right and just to survive and be a family and uh and they they live in a building you know she's trying to work and take care of these girls that are growing up and uh there's a really super creepy but funny super uh, super of the building that won't stop hitting on her constantly but <laughs> is married and so it's all kind of weird and creepy stuff that wouldn't fly these days but you know like almost like wow okay this is uh yeah would somebody get the cops called <laughs> but, uh, anyway it was tv at that time and you could do stuff like that and get a laugh but uh yeah was, I, so i've been watching that so it's no super train but uh, <laughs> i don't know i mean you know it's weird but tell me if this makes any sense I kind of yearn back for time where there wasn't a constant information bombardment from every single corner of the universe at you 24 seven. Mm. You know what I mean? Where you just lived and you talked with people and you did your thing and it was pretty much it. And you could turn the TV on if you wanted to. It was the same mm. crap that everybody else was watching. <laughs> I suppose yep. you could grab a newspaper if you were curious, but yeah, people spent their time hanging out and doing whatever, and there wasn't, you know, right. Facebooks and Twitters and Instagrams and TikToks and uh, 24-hour news channels, and, you know, it was just, I don't know, sounds dumb. Probably a lot of people say those things, but simpler times. Yeah, I, yeah. I can relate a bit to that. Yeah, so sometimes it's like, you know... It'd be nice to check out of this world for a little while and and do something, be something a little bit different. Um, yeah. So moving on to gaming stuff, um, which is what the show's about. Uh, I've obviously been playing uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, been slow walking. I since I've already played through it, I'm not in some burning desire to rush through it because you guys are finishing it up. I already know the story, so I'm fine to talk about it. I don't even know if I'll finish my playthrough. I have like two achievements left. I might just play enough to get them done and have all of them done just to go like, oh, okay, I've totally wrapped up this game. I never need to go back to it again. Um, Mastered we'll, Andromeda. Yeah, <laughs> I would never, ever recommend that anyone try to actually get all these achievements. And there's a reason that like less than 1% of people that have played the game have gotten so these things. So what are the last two that you've got left? One of them is, like, make the tank thing fly for, like, a, uh, like half a minute or something. Oh, I didn't know that. Without touching the ground. I didn't know that. I might try that one. That sounds I'm awesome. I'm pretty sure I know where to go. <laughs> and you can, like, get upgrades for the boosters and stuff, so you probably yeah. need those, I imagine. Yeah. And 
obviously the way you guys have played, you know, there's that one world that's like the low G with the huge canyons and stuff. Yeah. That has to be the only place you could do it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. None of the other places would it even be possible. I've, and trust me, I've driven off some high places in some of those other games. You don't get that much airtime. And then the other one is do like the 20 of the puzzle, like the alien Sudokus oh, or right. something. So as I've been going through and playing them, I'm like looking at a list so I can make sure to get them all because you don't have to do them all. Right. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'll do all these. And I'm already up to like 13, so mm-hmm. I don't have that many more to go. That's that's the worst in games if you're like you know going for achievements, like when the game doesn't track like which ones you have and which one you don't and like you know crackdown has 300 agility orbs or whatever and it's like now you have to watch a video with like 300 parts to it just to see if you have them all and yeah Yeah. most of them are not bad and a lot of them are like probably ones you would get pretty organically if you just tried Mm. the skills so most of them i had anyway from just playing through the stupid game before and since i've just been playing through with you guys i'm like this gives me something to do right Mm. i'll just do try to do these things because you know, I yeah, know kind of what Th- the there's is. one similar to the Nomad where it's like just your character has to have done a jump that's a certain yeah. amount of distance, and I got that one by accident, just like leaping off of a cliff yeah, that, that I didn't mean to even leap off of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you just fall off like this high, like a yeah. high cliff or something, and you'll get that one. Um, but you know, like some of them are like the things I kind of had to laugh. You guys were talking like, oh, I didn't know you could hover, because like one of the achievements yeah. is like hover kill so many enemies or whatever i'm like it's yeah. right there how could I, you not know it's well i didn't read the trophy list before i started yeah, who's well, yeah who's who's reading achievements like early at the beginning of the game when you do the mechanics it teaches you i swear they didn't teach me how to hover i don't remember that i i remember the game being like yo press this to boost and then i boosted and it boosted like a very small amount for a very short amount of time and i was like well i guess i'm never using that again <laughs> and like it was like oh yo dude press a to jump and it was like boop I was like, that's never going to be useful. So, like, if they told me, I might have just, like, you know, uh, filed it away as, like, okay, well, that's not a useful thing. In real life, and, and like, play, it's not terribly useful. And, and changing gears, too. Like, I'm, like, going up a hill, and I'm like, uh, is this, like, a three-degree incline? Why can I not go up this hill? Oh, wait a minute, you got to put it in second. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, now I can grip up here. You can go up anything in second. I love it. Yep, that happened a lot. <laughs> yeah, but trust me, we'll tear this game apart. When we yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. I think you mean lift it up. Ooh. Well, I think we'll lift it up. We'll hover this game up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I, if I had to guess, and I'm going to make my prediction, and this is not obviously this show, but I'm going to guess from the comments, Kelsey's high on it, I'm mm-hmm. middling on it, and Bill is down on it. It, it is the, the Black Widow of the Mass Effect series. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, uh, it's something, all right. Um, <laughs> I, I have, uh, to be perfectly honest, I have many things to say about it, both good and okay. wishful. So uh, it'll be it should be a fun talk. Oh, I had to laugh that Kelsey got his first T pose at the end of the game. You're lucky that you didn't get one before then. It was so <laughs> late. Yeah, you kept talking about it, and it was like when I had all the pathfinders. Like when you have yeah. to shoot the laser out of your T pose arm. Oh, it wasn't me. It was during a cutscene. Oh, it, uh, it was the Asari pathfinder. She's just talking to me with her arms up like a weirdo the whole. Scene. <laughs> Be glad it wasn't your character, because then you can't get up, get behind cover, you can't do anything. So, that is a scarecrow. And, and the gun lasers just like shoot out of the tips of your arm. That sounds it's, awesome. It's pretty, and it's, yeah. And you basically have to like reset or die if you ever want to get out of it. So, or fast travel. Anyway, um, okay, let's move on. 
Uh, speaking of Metroid, because that's what we're talking about this show, because we haven't even said that yet. But I did get my copy of Metroid Dread Special Edition. I waited around until somebody had it, and I, Walmart nice. came through again. Walmart seems to be the one that's really coming through for me lately. Wasn't that bad? You know, it's $90, which is how much it is in Canada for the cheapy version. Right. So, you know, uh, why not? What's uh, what what what'd you get with that? Um, it's like an art book and some some cards and some other stuff. Okay. Of course, the game. Steelbook, like a... steelbook, or like regular. I'm trying I don't to remember. Think it's I don't think there's book. a steelbook in it. Okay. Um, and it's big, like it's oh. a big thing. Because I kind of thought like, oh, like it'll be no, it's big, like mm. book sized, and nice. it's got like a a holographic like cover on the back like with art and stuff cool it's pretty neat i mean you know do i wait say everybody needs to spend 90 instead of 60 no mm. but if you're into it right is it worth it yeah i think it's cool yeah no i was just curious because because uh, i said earlier we were looking through the wii games because i was like you know we're looking at the the stuff we have and i completely forgot that i have metroid prime trilogy um, and like, kind of like pulled like the steel book, like out of like that, like little slip case. Now, so like steel books were just kind of with Metroid were in my mind. I was curious. I've still got that sealed. So maybe something. Oh, wow. Worth some money. You, you know, you know, it's funny. Like I was like planning on getting it and I was working at Best Buy at the time and I'm like, oh, I'll get that eventually. And like, we got like a notice in that was like, uh, just so you guys know, like it's like being discontinued like next week. And I remember thinking like it really didn't come out that long ago. So like I grabbed my copy just to, you know, like make sure we had it. And, uh, I've only ever played prime one, which I absolutely love. And I started echoes, but never finished it. And I've heard great things about three, but same thing, like just haven't gotten to it yet, but, uh, maybe this will be maybe the three Metroidvania games that I've played in a row will be <laughs> the inspiration that I need to go back and play yeah, more Metroid prime games are not Metroid. They're, they're not. Yeah. They're, 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 they're three D Vania Troy Dia. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what you know call what them. they are. But uh, first person exploration. Anyway, um, outside of that, I've because man, now is the time to get older games. And I will tell you, one of the great things. I think honestly, my Game Pass runs out in February, and I might just drop it. And here's why. You know what's awesome about Game Pass? When games go on Game Pass, the retail version drops like a stone, mm. and you can pick them up cheap. Like I've. I've been getting games that are on Game Pass, and they're like ten bucks, brand new sealed. So uh, anyway, and I'll say that there was. I wonder uh, if it affects it across platforms too, or is it just Xbox where it where it drops? It seems like the Xbox versions are cheaper. I'm sure they're they're cheaper, but I'm wondering if it still affects the other versions a little if bit. Like, if it's like also on yeah on another yeah. platform. Uh, to be honest, I haven't I haven't you know really noticed because I haven't really been in the market for for new stuff. But it, would, it makes sense. Yeah. And um, uh, my uh, my Game Pass I think actually expires the end of this month, and I'm definitely gonna keep it going. Um, for uh, uh, we got Forza coming up, and we got uh, Halo coming up, so I'll keep it going for those. But uh, yeah, I could definitely see that uh, that working in your for your advantage, Chris. To you know, even if you just spend some months to catch up on all the games that you've got for a good price. Yeah. So I got uh, Dragon Quest Eleven S. Um, oh, cool. And it, it was like. It was like fifteen dollars or something, or twenty bucks. It was real cheap, and I want to play that because I want to play the two D version. So yeah. that'll be fun. And I got God of War three, the remastered one from a PlayStation sale, ten dollars shipped from Sony. Mm. I mean, uh, man, I 
this is the time to buy your your old game because these are new brand new still sealed but you're you're getting the crazy deals on them and i see other ones coming up a lot. I'm like i said i got final fantasy 12 for like 10 bucks you know not too long ago and so keep your eye out now's gonna be the time to to really score some deals on this stuff um another thing i wanted to talk about is a, a new product that's been released called the power vamp and so obviously some of the people that are here maybe are, are obviously into classic gaming so one of the big problems with a, a nintendo famicom is it's rf out only unless you get an av famicom and uh, also it outputs on a really weird channel frequency that doesn't really mesh very well with anything here and obviously rf is ugly and it's a pain so this guy over in you watch watch your voice your mouth there what's that oh well you're the one that likes rf sorry Uh, but good luck getting it to tune into like channel 93 or whatever it has to be to get that to work um but the power vamp is a replacement board that you can buy this guy in the uk has made it and what you'll happen if you ever take a part a traditional famicom there's two boards there's the main pcb that has all the standard stuff on it and there's a power pcb and it also has the um the rf unit on it oh and so he's just made a replacement for that board so it's just an updated power supply and it does composite video out and it's just drop-ins. So you desolder a few wires, solder them back into this board. It uses the existing holes, and away you go. And you can get composite out of this, you know, ancient machine that really wasn't designed for, but you know, no real outside modifications needed. And away you go. You can make it quite viable on, you know, still modern stuff. And I think it's like thirty-something pounds. So by the time you import it and do everything, I don't know, like fifty bucks. So, uh, great way to take a, a standard Famicom and make it uh, North American friendly, and uh, not have to spend a hundred bucks on a uh, an AV Famicom or more. I gotta tell you, speaking of family, real quick, I loved that tweet that you commented on with uh, the guitar cover in the oh, Japanese yeah. uh, commercial of pro wrestling. Yeah. Got me like in a pro wrestling mood like all day, and then I found <laughs> I saw that Starman uh, action figure. <laughs> Oh, so good. I didn't realize that was a disc system uh, game over there. Yeah, yeah. It came out on disc systems, just like Metroid, which we're going to talk about. Yeah, that's right. uh, Yeah, I still don't have the disc system version of Pro Wrestling. I'd really like to get it here at some point in time. I always loved, that was always my favorite favorite wrestling game to this day, because I'm not into wrestling. (laughs) And it it was a lot of fun. And yeah, like the commercial that went out, like I had this like, guitar riff version of the so good really good um so yeah 35 years that game has been out so that's crazy for me to think that but i'm old and, and <laughs> um and then i will uh, i i spent some time i bought i think i said already before like a box of floppy disks for like a buck at the flea market a while back so i was formatting floppy disks and one of them came out bad and uh, it has a lifetime warranty on the back of the box. So I'm going to try to get a hold of this company and see what happens. And be like, thought, hey, man, yeah. I had the sealed package of your floppy disks. One of them is bad. It says on the back you will replace it. I does it com- replacement does the company exist? Yeah, it's BASF. I mean, they're still around. Okay. So I'm going to hound them. I'm going to see if they'll share my story of what happens. I am so excited to see like that. Lifetime warranty. Yep. Joey, Crit. Joey, Chris is emailing us again. What do we do? <laughs> so 
uh, we'll find out. I'm gonna guess at some point they'll they'll be like, here's a dollar, go away. Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna like, I want to see though, right? You always see lifetime warranties on. Yeah. And if like, there's okay, if, if if there's no asterisk, you know, if it just yeah. says it, you know. Right. So, go after hey. it. And it says it doesn't say like it says they will replace it with another floppy disk. It doesn't like <laughs> not the equivalent value it, or like equivalent whatever. It says yeah. no, we're going to give you a new floppy disk. That's so, awesome. I I didn't write your legal language. You did in the 80s. So, yeah. <laughs> so you taking them to court if they don't give you floppy disk no, by the I end of the year? Afford, I can't afford to take them to court. They'll well, you'll them win the case floppy. and they'll have to pay your legal fees. So it'll be fine. <laughs> I don't think it'll work that way. It's probably small claims court. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I am going to try to I, put I, them. I, I, I can't happens. imagine a claim smaller than a floppy disk. <laughs> <laughs> One double-sided, double-density floppy disk. Oh, it's it double-density. Yeah, this is medium claims court. <laughs> <laughs> oh this to me um so good outside of that um i i want to speak on something that I, this was on another podcast that uh, i heard and i won't say the show because i don't i don't want to do that not good bad or otherwise it's just the comment that was made i wanted to address because this does come up sometimes when people are talking about older games and things and let's just say the person is my age ish okay and the rant was all about how there's so many remakes on these systems and they're just full of remakes and why can't they do something new and blah, 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 blah. And just going on and like being kind of angry about it. <laughs> and I just stopped and I think, I want him to, I don't know, I don't want him to realize, maybe just to understand, you know, that I, I recognize it. You know what? I'm not the target demographic anymore. And if these games were good back then, guess what? Young people, they weren't around playing the games back then. And they didn't get a chance to to enjoy this thing that is good that you like. Why on earth would you be upset at about at new people getting to enjoy things that you also enjoyed at one point in time? Guess what? Just just don't buy it. <laughs> yeah. Just it's okay, it's not for you. And if they want to remake, and they do, do they remake? The, yeah, because it's good, right? Because it sells. There's a reason why they remake. Why we're going to talk about Metroid? Why did they make Metroid Zero Mission? Because the original Metroid's a good game, right? Why, why did they make Metroid Prime Trilogy on the Wii? Because those were good games on the GameCube, right? I'm happy with remakes, re-releases, even when they're bad games, because. Yeah it keeps them like historically relevant to people like you said who missed out on that era uh yeah. sometimes they're interesting to see like the dev team or the company's like trajectory and there's you know there might be a black spot in the middle but that black spot's still part of that journey and it's neat to see and sometimes like neat things come out of the things beyond that game maybe not from that specific game but they learn from it and try different things or maybe that idea didn't work so we're gonna scrap that and i love re-release they are my favorite thing because like you said, I'm not the target demographic for most big companies anymore. EA, Ubisoft, Activision, like they stopped putting out things that I want to play 20 years ago. So when they bring things out that are 20 plus years old, like that's that's what those companies do now that get me excited. I want Tony Hawk's Pro Skater remastered because I love Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Like, and yeah, I want other want, people to love it too. 
I, I don't like Tony Hawk's. You know what? I just didn't pay any attention to Tony Hawk's. Yeah, Remastered. I never, never heard yep. you tell me I'm dumb for liking Tony Hawk's. Like, just let me enjoy <laughs> it. Sure, yeah. rock on, do your 360, 180, 1080s. Whatever, right? I'll do and, my 360, 180, 1080s. That's my favorite newscape <laughs> move. That's a lot of 80s. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've always felt the same the, like, the same thing. Like, you know, when people would, like, complain about remakes or, or, like, oh, there's too many sequels, there's too many sequels. And, you know, at first you, you talk about, like, the business decision behind, you know, like, making a video game is an enormous risk. It takes a long time to do it. It's a lot of money. And you hope you're going to make something off of it. So what's less of a risk? This a sequel to a property that sold very, very, very well. So like that's you know like sequels happen. Next time you hear someone complain about that, just point them to Mega Man One through Twelve, where it's a whole perfect lineage. There's no bad games. Yeah, exactly. There's no no possibility (laughs) of of bad things happening. Uh, But like to your point, Chris, and like sometimes I wonder, you know, like I take it further, and I'm like, you're like why is someone so angry about something that like really doesn't so then i try to think about like do they think that because these games are coming out that somehow like these people are not working on you know like new stuff instead and then you look at the games the the developers that typically do these remakes it's usually like uh like uh, like a development house that like that does this type of thing yeah, like, like Czechoslovakian yeah, company that they'll, they'll hand it off game anyway yeah like right. they'll hand it off to you know it'll be like digital eclipse or like it'll be you know like uh, uh you know like and any number of and the thing is what'll happen is a lot of these uh, uh companies that started off like doing like you know like ports and like uh, collections it's like all right they've now proven that they can actually do this work we'd like to give you guys a shot to do something now. And then like, you know, like Devolver Digital like starts making like their Blue own Point. stuff. Right. Yeah. Like Bluepoint. Yeah. All sorts of things. So like I feel like people think that like just because remakes and sequels are happening that like oh like original stuff's not happening because of that. And it's just not the case. Like there's plenty of like original stuff out there. Um so it's but like like to your point, if something's not for me I really don't give it more than like the eight to ten seconds it took to like become aware of that it existed in the universe before I'm like, all right, that's gone, yeah. and like I, I I don't let it bother me, and I don't understand, and, and I you know I think I do like the internet. I, I heard this put really well recently. It was on the Life Pro Tips uh, subreddit, which I, I look at once in a while, and it was like, it, it it was talking about the internet rewards pessimism. And it's a really easy habit to fall into because, like, you go online and you complain about stuff and people are like, yeah, I'm angry about this too. But then if you act like that in a conversation with somebody, it's super off-putting if you respond negatively to everything someone says to you. You're like, I don't want to be near this person, right? right? So it's it's like something happens and it's like if I don't like it, it's like, okay, cool. You know, that's not for me, but like, yeah, man, rock on, you know? And it's like... I don't know where all the, you know, aggressive pessimism comes, but then I think uh, it's probably just internet culture, or at least part of it, but I don't know. To that person too, like the the price of things is nuts. Like the more like just keeping a Super Nintendo around with a game on it, you know, just like one game of average <laughs> quality on a Super Nintendo, like you've got to invest what, like 150 bucks and own a CRT, like if they throw that on you know, switch online or whatever, like, and you've already got a switch, like, it's 10 bucks. You got it. Like, I don't right. know. Yeah, like I said, I just know, um, people get really worked up about things. And, uh, yeah, just enjoy life a little bit. And it's okay. And right. I had to fill out the little form for, this puts it in perspective for me. 
I'm filling out the little network test form for Elden Ring. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, we're putting out the network test, and I'm filling out my stuff. What age are you? And they have like the little age group boxes that you have to check. Mine was the highest age group, <laughs> box. and I went, okay. Did, so, did they? You know, did they send you the? That I am. I am definitely not in the target demographic. But then, I'm okay. I still want to enjoy yeah. this thing. That's okay for me, right? Did Did they send you the form in the mail and you filled it out with a pencil and you're <laughs> sending it back to them in a postage, postage in a, a self addressed yeah. stamped envelope? It was a pigeon that came right to my window <laughs> and I took it off its foot. It's okay. <laughs> it's it's just so great when something that is like so quintessentially for you is like coming out soon. It it gets me excited for you to play Elden Ring because it's just such a crisp game. Yeah. Well, and if you guys are curious to check it out, you could sign up for the network test because if you could be a part of it, it's free. Mm. And you could maybe say, oh, do I like this? Yeah, whatever. Maybe I don't. Uh, or maybe you don't care anyway. And that's okay. I'm fine with that too. Because you know what? Not everything is for everybody. And yep. you are not the center of the universe. <laughs> and that's yep. okay. <laughs> it's it's, okay. it's I'm reminded of the old, uh, it's okay to not like things uh, <laughs> song that everyone should listen to every once in a while just to remind themselves. Yeah, and there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with some fun razzing of your friends sometimes sure. about things. That's fine. That's not what this is, right? This is uh, grumpiness to be grumpy. But anyway, let's move away from grumpiness because grumpiness <laughs> sucks and fun is better. And let's talk about the main topic today, which is lots of fun. And as we alluded to, it's all about the Metroid series. So we're not planning yes. this as some deep dive into the Metroid series. <laughs> where we're going to tell you every fact that ever happened about Metroid. Some other people do that on another podcast somewhere. That's not us. We're going to talk to you about the games and what we thought about them, what we like, our memories, our thoughts, what, what was good, what was bad. Some of them will have a lot more thoughts about. Some of them will probably not so much thoughts about. So... Um, as a part of that, I did reach out to our patrons and said, hey, uh, if any of our patrons would like a, a, a spot on this, that I would be happy to read your spot on that. So I, I will do so. We got a, a one in from Mike. So um, at the end, I'm going to read Mike's little post. But I want to mention as we're going through this, if you've got a different take on Metroid and you think, oh, what the heck are these guys talking about? Why didn't they say this? You could also become a patron uh, of the show. Throw in a buck. Come in. We've got a patron picks forum. So when we do one of these on another thing, you can put your two cents in, and we'll be happy to read it on the show, uh, good, bad, or otherwise. But let's get into Metroid. So let's start with the very first game. Why not take it somewhat chronologically? So the very first game uh, came out on Famicom Disk System and the NES. Uh, it hails from around 1986 uh, in Japan and 87, I believe, in the U.S., somewhere around there. I don't have it drawn up in front of my face, but that's, these are my memories. <laughs> sounds about right from, from what I'm thinking. Yeah, 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 sounds about right. And so obviously in Japan, being a part of the disc system was a big thing with those kind of those big games that came out at the same time. So they had, uh, not the same time, but very close. Metroid, Zelda, Kid Icarus, uh, they all had Castlevania. They all had this save functionality built in uh, where they all had like a save screen, three save slots. If you play any of those on the disc system, they all have that same structure, right? Put your name in. Just like what we're used to with Zelda here, all those games had that built in uh, over there. Otherwise, besides some music, though, it's pretty much the same game. So I don't think you really have to feel like you missed out on a ton. I've got the disc system version. I've played it. Um, cool if you got the opportunity, but if not, no big deal. And 
I think while we're talking about this, we can also talk about its, uh, its remake, oh no, uh, Metroid Zero Mission. So mm. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, I'll start with my piece. I'm not going to start every single one of these conversations, but just to get this one going. Uh, I remember Metroid was one of the very first games that I got um, for the NES. Uh, it was something that I had asked my grandmother to buy for me, and she did. Uh, that silver box with the artwork just looked really intriguing, and read it about it in the Nintendo Fun Club newsletter, and it's like, okay, this game looks pretty cool. And, uh, you know, it was it. I didn't have a lot of games, and it was just extremely intriguing to me because it was not like anything else. Uh, it was so much of the exploration and going into places like, where am I now? And how is this connected to this? And where is this taking me? And there were no maps, and you just had to kind of learn it in your head. And you didn't know what worked and what didn't because there wasn't some guidebook to read, even though they made the official player's guide, which had some tips and maps eventually. But at the time, I didn't have any of that stuff. And so we just had to had to play, and you had to learn, like, oh, you know. Some things it taught you very organically. Uh, like, oh, you learn very quickly right at the front. You try to go to the right, you get stuck. You can't go very far. You know, okay, so did, where do I go? Did you Were you aware of all the, the memes that came out when they released that on the Wii U? I, I heard, like, Metroid can't crawl. But yeah, and it, it was like players getting frustrated and screenshotting it and googling. Like, <laughs> I, I can't, forgot about how that. How do you get out of the first screen? Like, we can't do yeah. it. And like, yeah, it was really funny. And yeah, wasn't so it wasn't there like you can go left? But but we yeah. like it taught us as kids because we spoke that language. Gaming's a different language now. Kids nowadays were like, I don't know what to do. They didn't have right. That it didn't pop a of, tutorial up yep. on the screen. Yeah, said, go over here, goofus. Yep. Yeah, no. And 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 like my kids all the time, they'll be playing a game. And then, like, at the first sign of, like, I'm not sure what to do, they look at me and they're like, Dad, can you look up on your phone, like, uh, like what to do at the thing? And I'm like, no, like, figure it out. And then, like, they'll watch me play sometimes, and I'll just do a, what I think is a very, very simple thing. Like, I can't do this. And I'm like, well, I use my eyes. I'm like, well, it looks like I could do that. Or, like, there might be an opening there. And I go there, and they're like, how did you know that was there? And I'm like, I, you just try things, right? But yeah, I remember hearing that. Like, And wasn't it like that there was like a feature built into the system where it's like, oh, like if you want a tip or like if you need a hint or something like that, and all like the images were people like, how do, it was that, like, how do I get past this? Uh, like, that was Meverse, wasn't it? Meverse, yeah. Yeah, it might have been linked into the Meverse, yeah. Because it was all players, like, who were, like, because at the first sign of, like, distress, were like, oh, I must ask the hive yeah. what is happening here. Kind of became a meme. But, yeah. I mean, it taught you, and it rewarded just some really wacky blind trial and error. Like, let me just go and bomb random walls like crazy, because there might right. be a hole over here. And it might take me to some yeah. super secret place where I can find something. But similar, similar to the way Zelda did that, where like you could bomb walls that didn't look like they'd be bombable, and then there'd be an opening. And then like as it got further into the 3D realm of things, because there's like infinite amount of space you could do that in, there's always like a visual tell. But like yeah, like this was one of those things where like you just had to like this wall, which is physically identical like in every way that this other wall. Oh, but this one like you can go through because you know that's just the way that wall is. So, and that's what made it so cool is uh, my first experience with this game was seeing my cousins play it like at like holiday parties uh, and just you know kind of sitting there like kind of in awe of of what was what I was seeing. But then what would happen is 
I, I did the same thing. I told my mom, I was like, I have to have it. And then she got it for me. I remember being terrified of the title screen of this game. Because it's like this weirdly dissonant, like that, like big low chord with like the, like these high notes above it. Like I just remember it felt like, like this music felt like isolation. <laughs> and then like you started playing, and then like it was a little bit more upbeat with it. it's like dun 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 dun, you know, like it got a little bit better. But the title screen scared me, so that kind of set the the stage. But then you start playing, and it really it was all exploration. It was like you had to learn. Okay, when I shoot this thing, I hear that little ripping, zippy sound. I'm doing damage. I hit these iron guys. I hear that metal clang. I see no visual feedback. I'm not doing damage. And everything it was teaching you, it was doing like intuitively. And so you would get as far as you could. And then it's like, okay, I can't get, I don't know what to do now. And it was a, the first example I can remember of like asking friends at school going to friends' houses, seeing what they did, and like, oh, I didn't know you could do that there, and then going back to my game and doing that. And, yeah, it was it was so, so fresh. And, I mean, we had just, you know, we're just pretty fresh with the Nintendo because we just got, you know, like Mario and some of the basic games with it. But, man, that, that first game was a, uh, was, a, was a big, big, big change for us and very, very cool to get that exploration aspect. And one of the things I think that is... A dual-edged sword is obviously there. They got saves. Here we had the horrible password system, yep. and the passwords were rough on this yeah. game. Like capital letters, lowercase letters. I mean, letters that look like the same number. And, yeah. and yeah. tell me if this didn't happen to you back in the day, where you'd carefully write down your your password, but you somehow screwed it up and it didn't work, and now you had to go back like to some earlier password and you lost that progress did that ever happen to you i'm sure it did i I can't i can't think of like a particular instance but like i know that we you would die you would see the password and it was like all right get the colored pencils because (laughs) like it's it's going to be like decrypting the da vinci code when we have to put (laughs) this back in but i i also remember like once i learned about justin bailey that was the only password that I would typically enter. But then the problem with that, and I might be misremembering, but wasn't it a thing where, like, if you got a missile upgrade when you had 255, it would, like, downgrade you, like, to something else? Like, I remember there was some weird quirk about it if you put in Justin Bailey. Probably like, because, I, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, 8-bit math. So yeah. 255 would wrap back around to zero. Yeah, I, I, rem- I, rem- I remember... Or at least I think I remember putting in Justin Bailey and having 255 missiles and then picking up a missile upgrade and now only having 200 or 205. So I think what we did was we did Justin Bailey and then like ignored missile uh, upgrades. But uh, but yeah, it. Uh, I'm, I'm sh- and I mean to Krabby's point, if they just use the Mega Man system, I mean like who's who's messing up uh, those passwords? Just dots. Yeah, answer. just dots on the grid. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. So. Um. I didn't play Metroid as a kid. I didn't play it until I was an adult. And I actually very much disliked the first Metroid. I, I can appreciate it for its historical significance and and the things they were trying at the time. And it does nail that atmosphere like Bill was talking about, like, still. Um, I just don't think it's a fun game to play. I, it's too... Everything looks too samey. Um, the, all the boss fights, every one of them is awful. Terrible in this game. Um, it's hard to navigate. Um, I, yeah, I just, and I find it, especially when you start, you're very underpowered. It's very frustrating until you can build up your arsenal a bit. 
Uh, I just don't have a lot of uh, fun with this game. And I, I beat it about probably 15 years ago. That was my first time. And then I didn't touch it again until just like two months ago when I beat it for this NES challenge. And I still feel the same way. Okay. So, so, so I'll tell you, just from you know what I know about the game, I feel like there's a good chance that I would feel very, very similarly had I not played it as a kid and like came into it as an adult. Um, so I, I do think it's hard to like remove that you know childhood experience and say you know like uh, you know like what would this be like if I played it fresh now? Because there's other NES games that people are always telling me, oh this game is great, and then I'll go that I never played, and then I'll go try it, and I'm like. I don't know, like maybe your maybe your nostalgia is like mixing with you know reality and like you're enjoying the experience you had, but it's not actually a good one. Um, but yeah, I, I could definitely see uh, you having that to experience because if you know going in fresh, I don't know if I you know feel the same way about it. You know, playing through it the first time like as an adult, but man, this this was you know like one of those. This was one of those you know ones that I had that's like a defining uh, game experience for me uh, as a kid. And uh, uh, I know we're, we're not moving forward to the next games just yet, but Super was one that I did not play until I was older because we didn't have a Super Nintendo, which I've said on the show before until you know I was old enough to get a job and buy one because my parents were like, Super Nintendo can't play Nintendo games? Nope, we're going Genesis. So I didn't play Super Which Metroid. Which can't play Nintendo games either. But exactly, yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, so I, I, I went to Super Nintendo like when I worked at Funko Land and bought one, and then I like went back and played it. So I do feel differently about that, though. Like Super is accessible enough for like at, like an adult to like pick up play, and like there's not that like you know kind of like weird. Uh, like atmospheric uh, sameness that uh, you're talking about um, that happens in one, which is which is fair. Um, but uh, I don't think Super Metroid would suffer from that problem as much as the original does. But uh, yeah, could definitely see how you'd uh, you'd come away with that impression. Yeah, and I get it. Um, I mean, I think if again, it's kind of one of those things where if you can put yourself back in 1986, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. having experienced anything like that. It's like, wow, I'm going through this world, and it's big, yeah. and I have to figure out where all this stuff is. Yeah. Um, so. I, I do I do that all the time, like, when, like, we're, like, showing my kids, like, you know, old Star Wars movies. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, guys, like, you know, just imagine. Just imagine it's 1982, you know, and, like, uh, you've seen Star Wars, you've seen Empire, you've waited three years. <laughs> You know, like, this is the first time you've seen Luke in 3. You know, like, because you, you got to put yourself, you know, like, where, where you were back then. But it's like, you can't tell kids that because they're like, 1980 what? You know, like, yeah. I was born in 2014. Yeah, my son's <laughs> funny with old movies because he, like, immediately bad CG, like, jumps out to everybody now. But, but he points it all the time, like, that was terrible. So when we go far enough back that it's practical effects again yeah. he it blows his mind he's like why does this look so good like how did they yep. do that 40 years ago yep and dude that was like practical like just even if there's some addition to it put film something in the camera and just add like because the practical ones like some of the best practical effects that that's to hold up uh, all of the effects in bram stoker's dracula were practical and some of them are super simple, but just go back and watch it. Some of them are just spectacular, and you can't tell because they filmed it in the camera. Mm. So, that, it's almost Halloween. That might be a good one for next week. Mm. 
So, um, I guess going back to the original Metro, I mean, to me, it was just that sense of it was huge, right? It seemed yeah. like the world was really vast, and uh, there was yeah. so much to explore, and and it was kind of creepy, and it was not friendly, and it wasn't right. bright and cheerful like Zelda was. It was, this is a you're going underground in some scary places, and stuff is trying to kill you. So good yep. luck. But yeah, it was one that I played a lot because again, you didn't have very many games back then, so you played the crap out of them. So you know, yeah. I would play this into death. You'd try to do like oh. Let me see if I can beat the game with without the various suit. Let me see if I can beat yeah. the game without the screw attack and yeah. and yeah, you could, right? Yeah. The only requirements were basically, uh, you know, so many missiles and the ice beam, and that's it. You could do it without it. It'll trigger, yeah. but um, and I remember the first time I beat it, and then you got like, see this, like everybody like, oh, Samus is a girl, right? The reveal. Well, like, if you don't do so great, the reveal... Like, you don't get a reveal. Like, if it takes you a long time. And you do a little better, the helmet comes off. Mm. But to me, like, the first time I saw the helmet off, I was like, oh, dude has long hair. It was the 80s. <laughs> Fabio is Samus? What? Yeah. But it, it was the 80s, and, like, tons of, like, people had... Like, guys had long hair. Yeah. It wasn't that big of a deal. So I was like, oh, okay, long hair, dude. Cool. Yeah. And then finally, when you could get good enough to be like, oh, yeah. okay. And that was before like the Justin Bailey thing was a big deal. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, so I, I definitely uh, saw the Justin Bailey code before I beat it several times enough to, you know, like get the, uh, you know, the, the in the built in game, you know, like a helmet reveal stuff. Uh but uh, and just just as you were talking about like some more of the things there, I just I really really think about my my feelings with it. Like I really was afraid playing this game. Like uh, uh, the uh, uh, I love 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 the music in Craid's Lair. Um, I would agree with Krabby. The boss fight's not great. I always thought that he, like when you were facing Craid, I, I just maybe my worst. I I just in the game. I just thought it was, was like. Uh, like I always thought he just had screwdrivers coming out of him because like those little spikes that oh, came yeah. out of him and like they stopped you from doing it and like they would fire out at you so I'm like like what the crap do I... out of him and he dies. Yeah, but like I'm I'm 7, you know, like and like I don't have a dad with the internet to tell <laughs> me what the answer is. I'm 37. So. I have the same problems. <laughs> and like if you hit it with a freeze beam, it stops the stops the spikes and then you can't shoot past them. If you screw up and fall into the lava, it's super hard to get out of there again. You're kind of stuck in there. Yeah. You just roll yeah. into a ball, and you just take the damage, bomb the crap out of him, and he dies. It's not but, that hard. Yeah, yeah, that way too. Then you've just you've had to have explored enough to be able to be that damage sponge and have enough health, which is significant amount of exploring before you're ready to do that. Thanks. With yeah, with six total energy tanks um, uh, in the game. If and then and like knowing the game better, then on future playthroughs, like you know, like you can you grab them just en route as you're passing by and stuff. But so I, I love the crate music. I like Ridley's area. It's like you know, I don't have like a big memory of it, but I remember when I you know got that bridge open after beating Craig and Ridley, and then like you know going down into um what is it uh, uh Turian or uh, however it, it's it's yeah, um the the music in there just with that like almost like 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 and like that very very off putting, and the Metroids are just the most aggressive things, and like they magnet to you, and like I I I felt fear right, and like. 
I didn't want to walk that extra couple of pixels because I knew one's going to show up. I'm like, what if I can't freeze it? And then you finally get down to the room and it's like you're just being bombarded. And again, you know, now that I'm older and I can, you know, like understand that this isn't, you know, like a big deal. I can, you know, you just do it. You use your skill and stuff. But I remember being a kid and being like, like my heart beating through my chest, like in the mother brain room. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't call it a, I would call it a very memorable room. I wouldn't call it a great boss fight because you're just. Very memorable. Totally. Yeah. You're just moving through this room that's got a ton of stuff in it and you're you know taking these kind of like you know fuse looking shields down and like they can regenerate so you're like oh man i gotta get up there and do it again and once you got it it's good and then you get through and then you're you just you, you break the glass you're going through the mother brain and man like my heart whenever like i thought that i beat her and i was like done got it and then it's like dude you have to escape right now like what are you talking about <laughs> So that escape sequence was awesome, and then it, you know, it it, it, t- it took a little bit to realize the uh, the screw attack kind of gives you like some extra travel in your jump. So it's like, all right, let's try to jump zero screw, and then just you know, kind of like straight up, like move over straight up, and like you know, get on those platforms nice and easy. And then sometimes you would go too far, and the screw attack would happen, and you're like, Ooh. okay, I, got, I saved it. And then, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh, I I I would totally agree. Not a great boss fight. Super, super memorable uh, final that, boss that encounter. Hallway, yeah, and the like you're saying, the Metroid's leading into it. I'm like, that's very iconic. Like, yeah, um, it's really cool visually and and interesting. Yeah, well, and, and the and, whole so. rest of the world is this very rocky terrain and everything. Once you get in there, though, everything is very like mechanical, lab, like futuristic, yeah. and yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool, and you know, introduced most of the staples to us, like uh, the Maru yeah. Marai. Uh, you know, I don't think they call it that anymore, but like the thing that lets you turn into a ball, mm. um, bombs, uh, screw attack, various suit, which I learned is a mistranslation of barrier. <laughs> you know uh, what? Now that you say that, I I forgot. I I think I've heard that before, but I, I forgot that. that. Yeah, yeah a, it was a mistranslation, but it stuck. So now it's varia. Uh, and then we had the wave beam and the ice beam and the long beam. Mm. Um, I don't know about you guys, but the wave beam was useless, and why would I ever want to keep the wave beam? So you got the ice beam, and that's what you used. Yeah, well, I, I loved the wave beam when I had it. I, I felt it was super powerful. It would slice through things, but, I mean, you need the ice beam, so you go replace it with the ice beam, and then you keep going. But I did love that the power of that wave beam when I had it. So zero mission, you guys. I, I can tell, you know, you guys want to talk about zero mission. So uh, how much time do you have? <laughs> I mean, you know, we're gonna talk kind of chronologically, game wise. Yeah. Might as well put it in here, I think. Oh sure, sure. Oh yes, you mean canon wise? Yeah, it would it yeah. would be like hand in hand. Yeah. So, so. Uh, go for it. Um, zero mission. So everything Metroid, I just complained yeah. about in Metroid, <laughs> zero mission fixes. I love. This is one of my favorite Metroid games and one of my favorite remakes of all time because they they take those really good bones that Metroid had and just like scraps all the stuff that I didn't like about it, cleans it up, looks great, some modern functionality added to it, and then they tack on this extra really cool ending piece uh, in the Zero Suit that's just super fun and like, you know, stealthy. It's not really 
like the rest of the game where you've got to like backtrack and find new items and stuff it's just like stealthing mm-hmm. through here and, and it's really cool and uh yeah i love everything about zero mission zero mission is my favorite metroid game uh it is uh, it has been forever um i believe this game came out when i was working at toys r us uh which was in the early 2000s and i remember like you know not knowing anything about it and then it came out and i'm like what's metroid zero mission and they're like oh like it's a it's like a you know, like upgrade of like the like the og i was like ooh i love the og like let's let's get after it and man like so it's it it does a few things that are kind of un metroid like because traditionally and in most metroidvania uh, type games you you know you get up like you you your block your path is blocked you can't progress for one reason or another whether it's traversal or weapon or like something and then you find an upgrade that will allow you to get through there and then you got to go back and like find and kind of figure your way through so metroid zero mission takes a little bit of the mystery away by like showing you like a blinky dot on the map like yo you got to go here it's like okay i'll go there and then like once you've done that it's like all right cool you've done that like now the next thing you got to do is go over here so like there's like a little bit of like uh, uh kind of like hand holding through the progression in there um but man it's and it's not just uh, uh it, it's weird because like as much as i love the original game this game is not like a cookie cutter you know like uh just like you know up res whatever like this is like a full-on full 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 re re yeah, reimagining like remake redo there are so many pieces that are that are new that are not in the original. Um, the biggest one that Krabby mentioned, like you know, you lose your suit and you have to go through like this completely new area. Uh, there's also like that super running ability uh, that you had a little bit in Super Metroid, but not in uh, the original. And then there's that whole mechanic where you can keep the the run going. And now it becomes almost this little mini game in there. So like you get that super, that ultra run going, and you can like press down to like kind of like hold on to it, and now you can jump up with it. But like if you hit something, then like it stops it. But like also if you run like up like an incline, like it'll keep it going. So you had to find like creative ways to keep the super run going, like through these like labyrinth things, so you could like get the upgrade or get the thing. I am not a person who plays games over and over again, or like. Oh, that one was 97% at four and a half hours, and this one was 92% at like two and a half hours. I played this game. I was like, "What's it take? What's it take?" Because like every time you would beat it, you got like the reward was like a, like a like a like a screen, like a picture. It's like, all right, like this is what you get if it's like you know, uh, you know, any percentage under say 50%, you know, you know, complete. Like that's the image you get. And then it was like, oh, if you have 60% items or did it in less than five hours or like all the different combinations. I did like every single one of them except like the hardest one, which was like, I think the hardest uh, ending to get is like a hundred percent in like less than, I don't know, a few hours or something like that. And I was never good enough to get it. But man, I'm not a Game Boy Advance collector. I don't have a Game Boy Advance. I don't have a Game Boy player, but I will never get rid of my copy of <laughs> Metroid Zero Mission. Uh, I, I can't talk enough good uh, about it. And, uh, Man, if, if you've ever just even like casually played the first Metroid game and you haven't tried Zero Mission, it is an absolute treat. And it's probably uh, under, uh, like, I don't know what the word is, but like, it's not fair to call it just like the Super Metroidification of the original Metroid because it's more than that. But a lot of the things, if you've played Super Metroid, 
it'll feel very familiar because it just has like a very uh, uh, similar like aesthetic and like animation and, and stuff like that. But oh man, is it good? Yeah, and not cheap anymore either. Like the, the Game Boy Advance Metroid games have gotten pretty expensive. Um, so I guess the thing to say, I mean, I would echo what you guys are saying. Metroid Zero Mission is a fantastic game. Um, can you think of any reason why you'd ever recommend someone to go back to the original versus this one besides cost? <laughs> uh, just for that historical kind of, uh, if you want to see where the roots started, like like as much as I complained, it's not a bad game. Like it does what it intends to do as good as it could for the time. Um, and I, and I think it does hit that atmosphere and you've got, like you said, all those items like stuck around in some way, the music stuck around, like there's, there's lots of good stuff that you can see the new modern takes on that started there 30 years ago, 35 years ago. And I think if you really wanted to give it a go, there are a couple patches for the original game that you can put in place. One of them is a saving, restoring saving, and the other one I think is a map, built-in map. So uh, if you want to patch the old game and, and at least have an easier time at it, then, then there's some patches that you mm -hmm. can track down out there. Yep, and there's there's also, um, uh, I just did like a quick search on here because I hadn't before. Um, with everything going crazy, it doesn't look like an original Metroid NES cart is out of control. Um, they're more than they used to be, but, you know, 15, 20 bucks, you know, like something like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, if you have a Nintendo, there's really no reason not to have Metroid and fire it up from time to time. Uh, it's, you know, and if you had to emulate... Um, there's save states, you know, like with pretty much any emulator, but uh, I, I still think it's definitely worth going back, and uh, uh, I would guess I would say for the for the person out there who is just curious about, you know, some of the history of the genre, um, especially if uh, anyone's a fan of Axiom Verge 1, um, like I've already mentioned, uh, it, the influence is like, is... is it's uncanny uh you know you know exactly what game uh you know uh, inspired uh, the art direction the uh uh the setting this the you know the the sci-fi kind of nature of it some of the weapons the music even um but yeah uh i think metroid one I, I wouldn't tell someone you have to go back and play metroid the original through to completion but it's absolutely worth going back and just kind of like you know messing around in that world for a little bit to see what it was all about so um, let's move on then to Metroid 2. Uh, I think probably makes sense to talk about next. So Return sure. of Samus, yeah. uh, which originally came out on the Game Boy and then, of course, had the 3DS remake uh, well, three, four years ago or whatever the case is. And um, I think we could probably talk about them in the same, in the same breath as just like we did for the last two. Um, obviously, the original being on the Game Boy rather early had its limitations uh, because it was on the Game Boy, but I think for what the Game Boy could put out, it was pretty significant in what it could do. I mean, the screen space was kind of cramped, mm -hmm. and it took a different idea to it, but again, to get a portable Metroid game of that caliber at that point in time was a pretty big deal. Do I think it pushed any envelopes? No. No, not really. That wasn't what it was designed to do. It was designed to give you a fun game that was interesting to play on the go. And I'll be honest, I have not gotten through 
all of the 3DS remake, so I can't speak a lot on it. But um, obviously the idea is a similar idea, like a reimagining of uh, Metroid 2, which, I don't know, I guess we could debate about how significant Metroid 2 is, and I think it's important that they remade it to make it playable Mm. for a modern audience. Um, But I don't know, what do you guys think about Metroid 2? Well, I think uh, uh, Krabby's shirt uh, says it all, that he's uh, putting a knife uh, right through my heart with that beautiful t-shirt that he's wearing that I could have bought. Do you, are you ready for me to twist that knife a little bit? <laughs> Go for it. I have Let's never played Metroid 2. Ah, uh, that's okay. And on any system. Never played that's it. That's okay. Uh, that's all right. Do you have so, a 3DS game? I've got it. Never played it. Oh, nice. Got, I've Good. got the Game Boy 1 complete box. Never played it for you so so yeah just just so people know what we're talking about uh a a, a number of years back at uh, one of the early um uh, retro world expos where uh, uh a bunch of the rf gen guys uh kind of were crashed in my house and we had a great uh, great weekend of gaming uh, a bunch of them had never been to new york city before so i said all right come on in we'll take the train in you know we'll, like the day day or two before the show and we went to the Nintendo, uh, uh, what, what's it called, Nintendo Store, Nintendo World, New York, or whatever the official name is, and two stories full of, you know, Nintendo goodness. And uh, they had this Metroid 2 Return of Samus, beautiful red shirt with just, like, the logo, like, from the box on the front. And I remember looking at it and thinking, like, man, that's a good-looking shirt. And I was like, ah, like, for one reason or another, I didn't buy it. And, like, every single time, like, Metroid comes up in conversation, I'm like, ah, I should have bought that shirt. So, yeah, uh, because but yeah, all the rest of us bought that shirt. I think everyone else <laughs> bought it. Yeah. yeah, we all bought a, 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 that shirt, and you. Yeah, I think I was like, ah, oh, like I'll, I won't buy. It. I'll let you guys buy it. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, so I've never played Metroid Two on the Game Boy. Um, didn't have a Game Boy way back when, and and have not been lucky enough to find uh, the cart. I have emulated it before, um, and I I have the even emulating on like a larger computer monitor you get the same impression just because of like the aspect ratio and like the size of the character on the screen. Like there's not like when you look at the size of Samus on the NES original in relation to the amount of screen real estate, you can see a lot of what's going on in your environment, uh, you know, with the size of Samus. So Samus being bigger on the, the, you know, the game boy screen versus how much like total uh, real estate you get. You'll just be walking at a regular speed, and all of a sudden, it's like, okay, you have to stop. Like you've already been hit by an enemy because <laughs> you like you've entered the screen, and they were already there, and they were walking too. Um, From the so videos I've seen, it's always reminded me of China Warrior on the Turbo Graphics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they wanted to have the detailed Samus sprite, and to be able to do that on the Game Boy screen at that resolution means the sprite's huge. Yep. And it's just not not as playable as it could yeah. be, which obviously the 3DS remake was intended to fix and for sure what amount i've played of the 3ds version it does a great job of that again i've not played that through to conclusion i can't report Mm. on all the details of that version but it got high remarks i remember on that same trip to retro world that year john was with us like the whole time in the drive all he was doing was playing the game on the 3ds i I remember it was was that when we were watching like riff tracks and like uh like all sorts of like we were like we did a, we did like a Mega Man two uh, playthrough. Was it two or three that we did a, a playthrough? Two. The bad one. The bad one. Yeah, and we did a pass around. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, everyone. It was one level, and we did a pass. I think I passed because I'm like, guys, I'm bad. You don't want me doing this. 
but we watched like the riff tracks of uh, uh, Over the Top. I think we threw on Street Fighter the movie at some point, and we look over like, hey, John, how's it going? And he was like, I am just fighting aliens over here. <laughs> so, I think that whole trip, that's about all he did yeah. was just play that game. Yeah. So, like, that was, on the way back, too. It's, he was that was so awesome. Impressed. So, so yeah, I, that uh, uh, so I've emulated it a little bit, um, it, and the, similar to it, when you say, would you recommend someone go back and play the original Metroid? I would say, yeah, like definitely, you know, go back, buy a copy, emulate whatever you want, but you know, put a few hours into it. I don't. I, I would recommend the same thing for uh, uh, Return of Samus, where it's very, very easy to emulate, and just you get the idea of okay, well, this is the size of the character and this and that. But if you were gonna try to play the game through to completion, you're gonna want to get that uh, that remake version. Um, but you know that that might prove difficult with the way the prices are going now. But uh, yeah, hard hard for me to say because I never pl- I haven't played the remake. It's just from by all accounts that's the the most uh, pleasant way to experience that particular game. Yeah, I'm glad it's more available, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, okay, so let's move on. Do you think there's, I, I know oh, this is, ahead. I mean, there's no way anyone can know, but like, you think there's any chance of a 2D Metroid collection at some point on some, because uh, you got the Advance Wars, you know, compilation. Have you have that know. stuff available though on the, on the Nintendo Online well, I mean, they might the, not write yeah. the second, but I mean, they've right, got right. the platforms for them. That's where I would imagine. They, they don't have the Game Boy platforms on Nintendo Online, so you're right, missing Fusion Zero Mission. Right, but they just that upgraded thing that has the N64 stuff. I imagine that's probably going to be that service where they start pushing all the old stuff. Yeah, but there's no Metroid on the 64 or the Genesis, so they didn't but have anything that could have Metroid on it. Right, but I think that's what they're trying to push. Like, this service is going to be our repository for that if you want some of that stuff. So I would see it could come to that at some point in time. It's possible. I, I, I remember thinking, uh, like, I think Nintendo's going to do something with Return of Samus when there was a uh, uh, homebrewer who yeah. was doing Return of Samus, but, like, doing it, like, in, like, the Super Metroid engine and just putting that ROM out there. And, like, people do that all the time, like, custom ROM, stuff like that. But then when Nintendo's like, yo, we're going to need you to stop doing this, it's like, oh, they're doing something. They would like to make all of the money on, on this thing instead of uh, you know not Ho- making as much. And then sure it enough. sounds like Dread's doing really well sales wise. Uh, like mm. I think it's already the highest selling game in the whole series. So I hope it does super well and, and they do something like mm. you're talking about. Like hey, here's a 3D Metroid collection and here's a 2D Metroid collection. Even if they sell them separately, yeah. it'd be awesome if they did it in one bundle. But yeah. they wouldn't. Nintendo doesn't and, like to do that. And and this is the kind of and I don't even care if they did it Mario style where they were like we're putting it out for one year and then we're taking it away yeah, like I don't right, care like I'll buy it when it comes out and 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 this is when uh, I don't mind the because sometimes like when Nintendo fans are like so rabid that they just eat up like whatever Nintendo gives them they're like oh this is the best thing ever and it's like well it's not but you know you guys have fun with it that's fine this is one of those times where it benefits me as a Metroid fan. <laughs> Metroid Dread selling 8 billion copies. Yeah, everyone, just keep buying it. Keep letting them know we like Metroid. Just let's get more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think maybe Other M taught them a lesson. And Yeah, I tried to look that up, and it doesn't exist on the two, internet anymore. Two, so I don't two, know maybe two what we're going to do about that. that. And everyone making all the money off the ripoffs of 2D Metroid was another clue. But anyway, let's uh, yeah. let's keep going with the timeline, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Super Metroid. 
would be the next game in the series for the Super Nintendo. I don't think... I'll leave it up to you guys. I don't think we have to gush forever about this one because the internet gushes about this game. <laughs> yeah, th- th- so... this is on this is on every top ten yeah. and top five list on the SNES. So I don't think there's a lot that we could say that hasn't been said. So I, I agree with you. I don't think this needs to be not that it's not deserving of a good amount no, of time, but yeah, there is there's no one in the dark about Super Metroid. <laughs> Right. I mean, the only thing I have to say about this is, yeah, I bought it when it came out. Yeah, I loved it. I still love it now. It's a fantastic game with Mm -hmm. no real dark spots. I mean, the wall jumping is a little tricky. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. So I, I would also put out there, this might be my favorite title screen in a video game. Okay. Oh yeah, pretty good. It's really, really good. Really strong. Not overly complex, but just like, bam, that's it. It's like, whoa, awesome. And as big a fan I am of how great the sound is on a Genesis, compared to like the kind of like more muffled quality overall of like the the Super Nintendo sound processor, uh, you really, really get that very, very. Um, uh, you know, kind of trademark Metroid sound when, like, from when you start the game up, from when you have that little kind of like recap of the story. And what's so, so, so cool, I don't remember a whole lot of games doing this. This might have happened in games I didn't play a lot, but where you're going into a world that's uh, different than the one you played in the first, in the, in the last game, but there's like remnants and ruins of that first game that you get to go through and you're like oh man like this this is brinstar and like this is where you know like the mother brain like all that different stuff like and it just kind of puts you right back in that mode i i really do like how it did similar things to what the first game did where like it taught you how to do the wall jumping or at least it tried to without having like a text bubble come up and be like in order to do this do this there was just like an npc like alien bird or something ones, that you like had like to like watch them do like, it oh this is wall hopping up this thing Let's yeah do this oh okay you, you did have to kind of figure out like oh it was really weird like turning your body away from the wall like before you had to do it again and uh yeah so that took a little getting used to and still like i'll mess it up from time to time but yeah i mean uh i uh, the only thing I'll just say that I already said before was I didn't play this until, you know, years after it came out. Uh, I remember seeing this game at Nobody Beats the Wiz, which I don't know if they existed <laughs> outside of our region. It was like a regional electronics uh, chain um, up in the Northeast, I guess. And they've referenced it in the Seinfeld episode, so it was big enough where, like, they, they've talked about it. But, uh, yeah, I remember seeing this game and thinking, oh, I remember Metroid 1. It was great. Maybe I'll get this eventually. And then, you know, didn't happen for years. But, uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, uh, again, I don't think there's anyone who's, you know, curious or, you know, in the dark on this game. So that was my experience with it. I still adore this game. It's still one of the ones that, like, if I just decide, oh, let me just fire something up real quick on the Super. It's usually, like, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo or this or... You know, like uh, you know, like one of the Mario's or Link to the Past, but yeah, phenomenal game. So I had a streak of bad taste as a kid, and this was one of them. I went to a friend's house, and he had Super Metroid, and he was so excited to show me. And I was sleeping over, so the plan was to play it all night. We nice. played for half an hour, and I said, "This is dumb and boring. Let's do something else." <laughs> 
I have since played it many times and love it and appreciate it. But man, yeah, I was just a, a dumb kid who didn't get it uh, when he first experienced it. And that was my first Metroid game ever. And it just didn't Interesting. click with me quick enough that I, I gave it a good chance. So I'm, I'm glad I revisited it later and, and can appreciate it now. So just just for comparison, what do you remember at that same time being like super into? Like, hey, can we turn this off and play this instead? Oh, it was Mario, Mega Man, Street Fighter, Earthworm Jim, okay. Road Rash. Like, it needed so, to have so, constant action in my face all the time. Okay. So other really good games, you just like that yeah. was what you needed. But I also remember bouncing off like Final Fantasy three and Earthbound because I had friends that were really into those and they were excited to show me. And I was like, "There's too much reading. This is a dumb, boring game." I I definitely had a similar thing with RPGs where people were like, "Oh, I like this game," and I was like, "Yeah, I don't know. Like, it seems really slow." It wasn't until seven when like the entire world was like, "Oh, this is great," and then we got seven with our PlayStation for Christmas, and then I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, these are great." And then I went backwards and like you know started playing some of the older stuff, but. That's interesting. I've had similar experiences with movies that I absolutely love and adore, where the first time I see them, I'm like, yeah, this is garbage. I don't like this. So that's why I always try to give something, you know, another chance. If it, for whatever reason, if it seems like something that I really should like, or if people are like, no, like, I know you, like, you would like this if you gave it a chance. So, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting that uh, just happen to just, you know, be the wrong time to click with you on, uh, yeah. on your first uh, try. Yeah, I remember just like the uh, that voice sample where it's like uh, the last Metroid. The last Metroid captivity. is in captivity. <laughs> the so good. Is peace, yep. It was, it was kind of it was kind of like echoey. Like yeah. I remember thinking, I don't think that's a person talking. You know, like I think that's like a robot and like they're control. You know, like yeah. everything was a conspiracy. Are just dead, right? Yep. And yeah, um, yeah, it's. Yeah, I, there's just nothing bad to say about Super Metroid, even to this day. I, I think yeah. somebody that's never played it, fresh to it this day, could still enjoy it just as much as people did back in the 90s when it came out. So. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. But but man, could you imagine... I know I, I'll keep going back to the compilation. Could you imagine like a Zero Mission Super Metroid? Even just that two-pack. Oh man, I would buy that three times over. Um, I know it's not the like genesis of it, but it's such a it's like a game meant to speed run and it's become such a iconic speed running game. Oh, yeah. So mm. fun to watch people the yeah, sequence break it. GDQ every single time. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's I think a good point. I think some I, of that I, culture, yeah. that speed running culture, like has a direct line to this game specifically. Yeah. Cause that's a good point. Cause I like, if, if, uh, awesome games done quick like happens to fall onto my radar i'm like oh like i'll throw it on but like it's not like normally like on my like you know regular schedule but it's one of those things where like if i happen to be sitting in front of a computer while it's going on i'll look at the schedule and i'm like oh that seems like interesting i'll watch that but you're right like super is is hugely popular in speed running and i know i've already mentioned axiom verge a few times but both axiom verge games have speed run options at the title screen so if you want to start it by itself, great. If you want to just do a legit speed run, and the game will like time that for you, like you know, by, by itself, so you don't have to like use any like you know third party additional timing software. So yeah, that's uh, that's a really good point about the speed running. So moving on, then we would get to uh, Metroid Fusion on the Game Boy Advance, which was actually yep. the first Metroid on the Game Boy Advance, but that doesn't really matter. And Metroid Fusion really changes things up. It 
it introduces this idea of the SAX, this evil virusy kind of thing that infects Samus's suit and is like makes like an evil Samus kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it, it it takes cues from Super Metroid, but it doesn't try to be Super Metroid, right? It tries to be its mm-hmm. own thing. And I think in some ways that succeeds and some ways it falls apart a little bit um i'll be honest fusion is not my favorite metroid game um it's not bad but it was a letdown for me from super metroid um i don't even think it would be on the same level it it was definitely not an upgrade and and i don't think it just being portable is the problem. Um, right. I just think the mechanics and things that it introduces mm-hmm. and kind of the hand-holdy way it takes you through the game kind of killed off the exploration piece for me. Um, whereas the other ones really kind of let you run wild. This game is kind of gated and doesn't really let you do that. And um, while it's decent, I don't feel the need to really go back and spend time with fusion so what do you guys think so you know what's really interesting about fusion that i didn't remember like i wouldn't have said this like you know like without looking it up but as i'm like just doing a little research for the show i'm like okay like metroid fusion is actually the first metroid game to come out since super metroid and i was like i didn't remember that and then i looked at it and i'm like wait a minute it came out this. Yeah. I was like, it came out the same year that Metroid Prime did on the GameCube, and then I looked at the release dates, and I was like, they came out on the same day. Yeah, they had like a big thing. And I didn't remember that at all. I remember, uh, you know, Metroid Prime being a thing because it was, there was demos everywhere. If you went to a Toys R Us or a KB or EB or wherever you were buying games at the time, like there was a met, like that that in that first level of Metroid Prime where you kind of like just got to like walk around and like you know figure stuff out was was playable uh but i remember metroid fusion i had a game boy advance uh the og model before they backlit it because they said oh no like it's impossible the battery life would suffer and then they put out like a backlit model like nine minutes later uh so i i i have very similar overall thoughts uh you know feelings about this game uh it's like it's 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 almost like I felt when when Dread came out. It's like I kind of like it's almost like the reviews don't matter. It's a 2D Metroid. I would like to play a 2D Metroid. I am going to get this and let's see how I like this. Right. Um, the only thing that kind of throws a wrench into it is when you add that like 2.5D or like the 3D models, like you know, like on a 2D plane, and it just kind of has a different feel to it. Um, but Metroid Fusion, um, uh, I thought was a good game. Same as you, like it's a good game. Uh, I I can't think of any like you know like things or moments in them that are like, oh man like that was awesome that was so cool I gotta you know like tell a buddy about it or like that's something that was inspired by this or that's gonna inspire other changes, it it just seemed like very formulaic, in a way that was like yeah it's it's doing exactly it's like you know, it's doing exactly what it's trying to do like nothing more nothing less and like there was. You know, it's the same thing. Like I, like I played it. I, I played through it a few times. I think I held on to it for a while, and then I like went back to it, and I'm like, I think I think I'm done with this, and that was kind of it. So, but it's it's really weird, and and when you look at the uh, 
I was looking up just to see how well it was it was received because every human being I've spoken with, like real life human being, like not like a you know a, a magazine or something like that, all kind of says similar things. Or like that's like the majority of my responses. And then I looked up like I wonder how it was received, and it's like nine, nine, ten, ten, nine point one, nine point one, and yeah, uh, it it certainly did, and there's people who love it, and that's totally fine. Yeah. But yeah, I, I had I kind of had that similar feeling as you, as like, yep, it was the thing. They made some changes. They tried some things. Uh, some of the things were okay, and uh, that's you know that's kind of the way this game was. But uh, but yeah, definitely was like uh, an interesting kind of uh, sidestep to you know what we had been had seen before this. So. And they, to, to me, a big sin too is. They got Samus out of the suit. I'm like, that's mm. the iconic suit. Why? Yeah. Did, why did you do that? Um, I, I was gonna say, I think it's my least favorite Metroid cover of any Metroid yeah. game, and it's 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 got like kind of the the classic like like the superhero landing, you know, like where a superhero lands and then like one foot on the ground and like the weapon I is like. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man, so cool. <laughs> watch Black Widow. You'll love it too. Yep. Um, so, but like, but yeah, this like the helmet kind of has a similar shape. But like, you look at it and it's like, uh, like it doesn't, it doesn't look right. And like, none of the things behind Samus on that cover are like memorable or menacing or anything. It just looks like it looks very generic. Um, so yeah, I, I have, I have, you know, I have memories of that of playing that game and you know getting through it and being like, oh, okay, I don't remember being like angry or upset about it, but at the same time, like nothing really stood out enough for me to be like, oh, that was super cool. I mean, it was pretty neat to have a portable version of that caliber at the time, mm-hmm. coming from Game Boy. But yeah, like I said, it's, uh, and 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 on the Game Boy Advance, I think the most of the games that I had before that, like were like you know upgrades or re-releases. Like you had the Mario Advance games, which were like mostly what I was playing Mario wise on that system. So like uh, the two uh, uh, games I had that were kind of like new that I never played before were both Metroidvania games that were Metroid and Castlevania. So it's like you're playing you know like the the namesakes there. So. I remember being very happy that there was new Castlevania and new Metroid content on this system, but then I remember distinctly thinking the Castlevania content is the better of the two in this particular case. I agree. So, what about you, Kelsey? Fusion's actually a little special to me because the first time I played them was in the hospital after my son was born. Uh, in, oh. my, in my overnight bag, I threw my... Game Boy Advance and uh, Fusion and Zero Mission to bring to the hospital. Uh, it was an unfortunate birth. My wife ended up having to stay in some surgery for a few days. So they let me and my son stay in this big, awesome, huge hospital room that was like private. And it was just the three of us uh, while my wife wasn't in surgery or recovering. So every time baby was sleeping, it was like flip out the Fusion, play some Fusion, play some Zero Mission until it's done. So I have really good memories of it because of that. It helped kill some time, and because uh, I was really worried my wife wasn't going to make it through that. Oh, wow. So it was really awesome to have a distraction there. But everything Chris said is absolutely true, and the only thing I want to add on top of that is the thing that I love the most about Super Metroid and Zero Mission is how they can tell a story with zero text. It's just beautiful storytelling through the environment and through your actions. And Fusion is just like, 
walls of text that just mm. kill the speed of that game and the progress and just really drag it down in a really boring way. Yeah, it's like that somebody that wasn't... It's To me, it's like if somebody that wasn't on the Metroid team was told to make a Metroid game where they didn't understand what the good parts of Metroid were. And they <laughs> kind of kept the parts that were not the best parts, right? Yeah. And tried to change the other stuff, and you're like, you lost the best parts, man. The, the yeah. exploration and the organic storytelling and the environment and the iconic suit. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, those are the things, right? And somebody tried to make their mark on this thing, and, you know, it's not And game. they did. They did make their mark. They it's just did. not a good mark. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, the, so, the story, the storytelling parts, a really big point because when you just, you know, like you just said, going back to the original and super, uh, yeah, there there wasn't cutscenes or dialogue, and, and you it, like, still understand what's going on. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it was well crafted. It was kind of an art to do that, and mm-hmm. this one, yeah, it kind of still st- still is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, up next then would be prime games and i don't know if you guys are okay with this about just kind of talking about them as a, a contiguous whole because sure. they're so similar the trilogy uh, yeah they're yeah, one story arc too so yeah, yeah it, it makes sense peel them apart but i i don't think there's a lot of need to do so um right. because i wouldn't say that my impression of any of them is radically different than any of the other ones um, I mean, right, but right from one to two to three, yeah, I, I would overall agree. Besides a couple of like little, you know, things like ooh, like on this one you can do the thing, and yeah, That's I got gotcha. you. I mean, the caliber yeah. of game, if you ask me, is pretty consistent. Yes, like yeah. I would, I wouldn't There's... be able to say like one is great, but stay away from two, and three is yeah. okay. I mean, I would yeah. right. say if like, you like one, you like all of them. If you don't right. like one, you don't like any of them. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's a pretty much this formula that comes up and either you enjoy this formula or you don't enjoy this formula mm-hmm. and that's okay but um, Metroid Prime was let's take this into 3D because it's the GameCube and we can and it's the, everything is 3D now and 3D is awesome and uh, what, what it, is the, it did, this, did, this, did the Sega marketing team take over for uh, <laughs> Nintendo real quick? I don't know I mean GameCube was such a weird time for Nintendo. Um, in a lot of ways, I think they lost their way. And uh, I don't know. But Prime has its its ups and downs. A Western-developed series. Um, so not meant to really be on the same sort of wavelength as the traditional 2D games and, and what was going on there, but still incorporating the same characters and the same ideas just in a different way in this first person format um but some very different things right like oh like enemy scanning and Mm. and 3d platforming and uh the way the different first person view like uh, did nintendo ever do a first person game prior to that that's a good question i'm not i can't think of one well i mean you could say second party like golden and some stuff but um yeah i mean i don't know i i guess for me and then i'll let you guys talk i don't really have strong feelings either way about the prime series like i played them 
And that mm. when they came out, I enjoyed them enough. I can't even tell you if I could remember what the storyline was of the Prime games at all. It was kind of neat. It was different. Um, I don't even know if I'd ever go back. But I enjoyed my time with them. Um, but I don't think they... So if 4 ever comes out, are you is that something you would check out? Or are you just like, I've had enough Prime, I don't need Prime anymore? I guess I'd be interested to see what they would do with it now. Simply because... Again, it's been like long said, enough. The, the other three are all pretty much of that same ilk. And maybe they could do something more interesting with it now. I, I'm going to guess, if they're smart, they'll realize that this is their moneymaker in 2D space. And they'll stay there. Maybe they won't. I don't know. Maybe they'll do both like they, like they did with uh, Zelda for a while. Maybe. I mean, maybe they will. Man. Don't get my but, hopes uh, up. I don't know. I guess I don't have a lot else to say about the Prime Trilogy. It is its own thing. And to me, the exploration was still pretty good. Um, some of the parts I could do without. I didn't like the scanning the enemy's stuff. That really didn't thrill me to death. The, but the, any of the 3D platforming was actually pretty good for 3D platforming. Like, it, they could have been really bad. There's some really bad 3D platforming games <coughs> to rock. But um, <laughs> this did it pretty well. And it was pretty Get your cool. limited run order in. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, right? And uh, so, I, you know, some of the boss fights were a little annoying to me. Uh, I didn't. I was not thrilled about any of the, especially like a lot of the end boss fights, like the Ridley fight. I remember, like in the first one, not having a fun time with that one. And it was at the second one where you had to stand in the pools of whatever it was to use like the right um, shadow beam or whatever it was. Uh, I'm trying to remember. It's been since they came out that I've played <laughs> these, uh, but I remember you know going through them and. I guess that kind of sums up my feeling about it. I had an experience. I enjoyed it enough to have played through them back in the time. I picked up Trilogy on Wii because I thought at some point in time I might go back because cool, you know, like I got the wand I can use. Never bothered. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm okay right now. So what do you guys think about, about Prime? So I had a similar experience that Krabby had with Prime. Well, sorry, with uh, Super with Prime. Uh, I played all the demos that were out there. I was like, whatever. Like, I don't really get it. Like, I had played some first-person stuff. Like, uh, I think probably on PC with, like, Counter-Strike and stuff like that. So, like, I wasn't, like, you know, stranger to first-person. But, like, uh, like, and it was weird because for someone who liked Metroid so much and who liked Super so much, I don't remember if I thought, uh, they shouldn't be bringing this to 3D uh, purist type thing. I don't think, I don't remember feeling like that. I just remember like kind of trying it and being like, yeah, like I, like, I don't know if it's for me. Maybe eventually. I don't know. Who knows? My brother loved this game and he played it all the time. And I remember like, you know, just watching him play and like, okay, like he liked it. That's cool. And then like, you know, one day I was like, so yeah, I mean like, you know, it's weird. I really like the old Metro games. I just, you know, couldn't really kind of like latch onto this one. And he was like, he's like, I got it. And, uh, what really wanted me to to you know get into playing it he started telling me he's like well you understand what prime means right you know like like what do you mean he's like it's it's like the, the first metroid like metroid prime and i was like oh is that what we're dealing with <laughs> like that kind of like piqued my interest a bit and i finally went back and i gave it a try uh after you know you know having tried the demos a little bit 
And same thing, like, you know, originally it's like, okay, I got a scanner, like, now I have to slow down my gameplay and, like, scan something every time I go in a room, and, like, that's not always the best. Like, I get flashbacks of, like, and I like Final Fantasy VIII more than most people. I know it's it's kind of a controvert, like, it's a dichotomy there, but uh, it reminds me of, like, in Final Fantasy VIII, the draw system, where you would face a new enemy, and it's like, well, I guess we're here until I have 900 of this spell, so I can, like, you know, attach it to my stats and, like, be better. Um, so it's like, okay, new area, looks like I'll be scanning for the next, you know, 10-15 minutes, but, uh, I, I agree with you in that, like, the platforming, and I'm normally not, like, a big fan of 3D, uh, platforming, um, but that jump, just, like, the, the trajectory, the arc of the jump, like, it felt, you know, uh, very, very comfortable, very natural, um, I, I started to get, you know, like, really good, like, you know, with the aiming and stuff, and I made it through Metroid Prime, uh, uh on the GameCube, absolutely loved it like once it kind of like got its claws into me i loved metroid prime and then i remember thinking i i'd like to play echoes at some point and then i remember there was like rumors about like the trilogy coming out and i was like i am stopping and the trilogy didn't come out for like another probably like year or two um so when i finally got it i was like well i should play prime again so i played prime with the uh controller uh the Wii remote and the nunchuck and for someone who's like typically not, and this was a time for people who just aren't familiar with the era, where a lot of things were having motion controls shoehorned onto them, whether they needed to have them shoot shoehorned on or not. And this was done, you know, to justify, you know, needing to buy these motion controllers, or oh, because Connect, so it has to support voice. Like, but a lot of it was like pushed on you, and you're like, listen, like it doesn't work. And there's only been a handful of games where I will use the motion control because it actually is better than the original uh, method. And Metroid Prime is one of them. And I, it's really hard to explain, but when you're, when you have the controller and when you have to, you know, like use like your thumb, uh, either, you know, the, for the strafing on your left, uh, stick and then like your, your view, like on that little like Cena button. There's, there's just something so beautifully natural about, you know, like I still have like my same movement, like my walking on this hand, but if I just, you know, kind of just like, and, and so every game's a little bit different. Like, so there are games where no matter where you aim inside the screen or outside the screen, the view of the screen's not moving. You would still have to like, you know, trigger uh, something that tells it like you want to move outside the screen. I don't remember if it was the default for Metroid or if I had to change it to this, but I made it so that when I put my, you know, crosshair towards the edge of the screen or like beyond it, that would move the view. So just my motion of my my right hand, like holding the Wii remote, would move the view, and it there, it was so like beautifully brilliant and natural, and just v within like a minute of like f changing this setting, I was like, oh yeah, like I'm not just gonna be like thumbsticks mcgee for this entire uh game like i'm just gonna be naturally like moving around and i played through all of metroid prime again on the collection and loved it more because of the control uh and i was super excited to get into echoes i started echoes and i know this is my classic excuse something happened some other game came out you know <laughs> like i didn't make it through it but just now rediscovering that i have metroid prime trilogy uh it's it's gonna happen um it would be weird to finish prime two echoes and uh, corruption before finishing dread so i probably will do dread just you know because it's the most recent purchase but yeah uh, and so the only thing i'll say since i haven't played a lot of echoes i played a, uh, not i haven't played corruption i've seen a little bit of corruption gameplay and i'm 
this isn't really like a shoehorn thing, but I just wanted to mention like every trailer for it was trying to justify the motion controls. <laughs> so it's like that like locking mechanism where like you like push your hand in a lock and like turn it and like pull it out and push it back in. So everyone could be like, Ugh, this is future. <laughs> but, you know, I watched a few videos and I'm like, all right, I guess I'll be doing that a time or two in this game. But I uh, uh, heard lots of great things about it, but I can't say firsthand because I haven't played it yet. But yeah, overall, I'm very, very high on Prime uh, and excited to play uh, Echoes and Corruption eventually. Kelsey loves shoehorn controls. I'm sure when you played Mass Effect 3, you used all the connect capabilities that were built into it, right? Oh, I, if I would have realized, I would have pulled my character. That one did support connect voice commands. You missed Dang, out. I did. Um, so Prime, some of the things you don't like appeal to me. Like I do like the slower pace of the game because in a 3D environment, I'm not nearly as comfortable as a 2D environment. And that is amplified like a hundredfold when it's a first-person game. I, I did not grow up on Doom and the like and evolve along with first-person games. So when I jump into one, I feel very out of place and it takes a long time to get comfortable with it. So having environments where, yeah, like I'm scanning and exploring and looking around a room and stuff gives me a chance to kind of acclimatize to what I'm doing. Um, and, and I enjoy that. I enjoy that slower pace. And I'm a big sci-fi fan, so the... The scanning and the cool environments like definitely appeal to me. I like. I, I think Chris made a pot shot at Andromeda for all the scanning, but that was one of my favorite parts of that game too. It's like <laughs> walking around learning about alien tech. Um, so yeah, Prime, and and this is me coming into Prime, not being a big Metroid fan. Like I hadn't played the first one yet. Uh, I had that bad experience with Super Metroid. <laughs> I hadn't yet got to the handheld ones. Like this was essentially the first Metroid game that I liked. Oh, wow. And it's very different. So I didn't have that preconceived, like, this is what a Metroid game needs to be either. So this was kind of like, I'm like, oh, this is what a Metroid game is, even though that was very far from the truth. Mm. So I, I really enjoyed one. Um, I didn't play it right when it came out, but I think I played it within the first two years, something like that, and, and quite enjoyed it. I don't know why I never played two. It just totally missed me for some reason i don't remember it coming out and i remember <laughs> learning about it when three came out and like oh there was a second one uh three i was a big, a big like the wii sold me hard like everything that came on the wii i'm like i need that i love these motion mm. controls i love all these franchises <laughs> coming back like we hadn't seen punch out in a long time punch out's back yeah that's right yeah. and so uh corruption i picked up and like Bill saying, like there's not a lot of Wii games that actually do a great job implementing the motion controls. Corruption was 100% one of the games that does a really good job with motion controls. And I played through that a couple times. Really, really liked it. I still don't know why I haven't gone back to two. Like I hear it's good, but just yeah, just I liked one and three quite a bit. I don't feel like I missed a chunk of the story either, so maybe that's why I didn't go back to 2. I didn't feel like there was some plot hole missing. But maybe I'll, I'll try and revisit it before uh, 4 comes out. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a huge Prime fan. I've definitely preferred the 2D ones now that I've, I've experienced and appreciate both. Um, but, yeah, if they're, if they're building off what Corruption did, I have a lot of good feelings about that game, uh, both with the, the design... I like the slower exploration. The the first person stuff's like there, but it's not 
it's not like twitchy action. It's like solving a puzzle again. It's like you got to mm. figure out what to do and then just repeat that thing until the boss or the enemy is dead, uh, which I kind of feel more comfortable with when, when doing first-person games. If I remember correctly, the second one is the one that's all about light and dark. And yeah, echoes and shadows, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's the twist on that yeah. one. And Yeah, it's a good I mean, again, yeah. if you like one and three, you'll like that one too. I don't remember why I liked it so much, but I remember turning into a morph ball was like very novel, and I really enjoyed being a morph ball in those games. You know what was so cool about it? Because like it pull obviously it has to pull you out of first person because you can't be in first person rolling around. <laughs> um, it'd be like playing uh, I want Mirror's VR Edge. monkey ball. Yeah, exa- exactly. It'd be a lot like that. So like when you went to to ball form, it almost like pulled it out, and like it was this like. Uh, there was something so cool about like you know like being within this like you know like labyrinth style floor puzzle, uh, like like the like the the tilting game uh, that the uh, uh, you know people of a uh, certain age will remember with like the the, the, the twisty knobs the on and, like moving the marble around. My favorite game as a boy. <laughs> I had one of those and my sister stepped on it and ruined it. Ah. Uh... Yeah, we, we had one. thing was awesome. But yeah, and there was also something cool about, like, you could, like, you know, jump up, like, get into, uh, uh, you know, like, a, a pathway for the ball, but you, and you would still be, like, third person. You'd be, like, behind the ball, but it would almost be, like, you're, like, going down the hallway. So, like, you would just kind of, like, see the ball, like, rolling in front of you, and it was almost, like, this feeling of, like, ooh, what's going to happen? Am I going to, like, pop out of the top of a waterfall or, like, you know, go down? But, yeah, I have, remember having the exact same feelings of, like, Ooh, we get to be in a ball now again. Yeah. Like it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, because that was like the first time I think you could jump as the ball. Yes. Right? Yeah, because so. before that you just had to lay a bomb yeah. and be strategic about you know moving around. And there's always people who are you know better at, at games than me. But I was always amazed to see people like bomb themselves up to like get the energy tank in one. I'm like, guys, like, where are you learning this timing? Because like I get like three bombs and then they just disappear forever. But uh, yeah, the, that, that's a really good point. And, and just to mention, uh, just to touch on the boss battles real quick, because Chris mentioned those. Again, can't talk about Prime uh, 2 or uh, uh, 3. Um, I remember uh, a couple of boss battles being uh, 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 pleasant. Uh, I enjoyed them in number one. I remember being frustrated before I knew what I had to do. And then that one boss fight where like you had to like be the ball... And, like, there was, like, oh, yeah. uh, uh, with, like, the four, you know, like, uh, there's, like, all the different, like, it was, like, a big plant or something. It's been yes. a while. Yep. Yeah. That boss fight was really cool. Um, I do remember being frustrated at the final couple of boss battles. Um, Ridley was uh, a pain in the first one. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd have to, I might have to, like, you know, get a refresher video just to remember that fight. Because the, the only so one that's, like, popping in my brain. Boss. Oh, the final, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Serves. Just a pain yeah, I, I, I just got to go back and like, because I I remember that like plant, you know, like Rolly Bomb boss like vividly, and I don't remember a whole lot of the other boss battles, but uh, but yeah, uh, I'm, yep. So I'm. Uh, that's probably all I have to say about it. I'm I'm real high in the series, even though it was uh, quite a bit different than what came before it, and uh, excited to uh, you know at some point go back and give the the, the other two another try. Yeah. Um... A decent series. It's it's definitely its own thing. Uh, and I'm trying mm. to remember they had Spider Ball in it, but I don't think that's where Spider Ball came from. I can't remember which game came up with Spider Ball first, but anyway, I just remember a lot of. Oh Spider- yeah, Spider with Ball the yeah with the with the track Tracks. that you could yeah. Um, 
Okay, so again, then uh, next we get to everybody's favorite. Um, that would be Other M. Uh, oh, so we're just going to skip right over Prime Pinball? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, if you guys want to talk about Prime Pinball or Hunters, we'd, uh, technically so, speaking, we'd have to talk about Hunters. I, I actually played a lot of the Hunters demo that came with the original yes, launch DS. Demo for sure, a yeah. A ton of it. Had a real Virtual Boy vibe to it. That, that right, was... So, uh, yeah, right, like we were talking talk about, about talk about hunters. Go for it. Just All right, thirty quick, seconds. Go. We were talking about like <laughs> shoehorn motion controls. Like that's one hey, of my least favorite examples of that. Hey, having would you, would you love to play a Metroid game where you don't get to be Samus <laughs> and you have to use your thumb with a little attachment that goes on it on the touchscreen to like maneuver? Like it was so hard to control. I don't know why I played it as much as I did. I, actually, I do, because there was nothing that really came out at the start of the DS's life. I played a lot of Mr. Driller, which was awesome. really liked Mr. Driller, but Mario 64... And... Games on wasn't, uh, wasn't Donna Sorrow fairly early? Not launch day early. <laughs> was, gotcha, yeah. okay. There was yeah, like my... six games, I think, launched for like months, it seemed like. Yeah, that was my Cause main that, GBA Because, yeah, that, that was definitely my first... Uh, my first DS when I bought my DS, I remember there was a Castlevania game with it. So yeah. Okay, so you guys want to talk about pinball? Then go for it. This is time. Talk about pinball. Pinball's awesome. It's great. Check it out. It's like if you like Sonic's pinball, you will like Metroid pinball. <laughs> okay, I've, you guys had your minute, so uh, yep. I've I've not played it. I'm sure that I'm excited uh, to spend 30 minutes on other M now. Yeah. Okay. If I, you, if, if, the short version so we're, we're, is the DS game. Skip them. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking about pinball. If you want a decent DS pinball game, it's pretty good. Pokemon pinball was your chance, uh, but that's, that's not on DS. So anyway. Um, <clears throat> okay. Other other M. other M is actually a really interesting. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it footnote. I mean, this this was a game for you know this for a. a for a Metroid game that has like you know like the pedigree that this series has had, even though there's you know like there's a couple of you know two D ones, there was a decent you know like three D trilogy, and everyone's wondering like you know, like what can happen next. So for this game to come out and cost four dollars and ninety nine cents almost immediately, <laughs> I remember there being budget. I bought it for five dollars. I remember I bought it for five dollars on Black Friday, but it was available for five dollars long before then. I remember budget bins filled with this game, like f- the the entire rack. This is the other M se- section of the it video game store. And whatever that mad whatever Mad World, Mad World, like those mad two World. games, like five dollars. And everywhere. I like both of those games. I think I, Mad I'm World is a good game. Yeah, I think Mad World is really good. Yeah. Okay. And I so so here's my thing. I just said I bought this, so it came out in uh, 2010. And it was five dollars by the end of 2010. Uh, I know I, I I was just over at my Wii games like earlier. I own this game. I have never booted it up. I have it because it was a five dollar Metroid game, and I own the system. I, I can I, I can boot it up, but uh, everything I know about this game is what I've you know like read and heard from others, and uh, you know from other M's, you know. From the, the things that they have told me about it, so I can't wait to hear what my other M's have yeah, to say if, about it. If they had another M shirt and a Metroid Two shirt at Nintendo, I would have bought the other M shirt. I'm oh wow! I'm glad somebody could talk about this because 
I mean, I played like a little of other M enough just to go like, this is not for me. <laughs> and I stopped playing. I did not play all of it. I'd be in it three times. Okay, then this is your time to shine. I'm going to be Here you go. You other so, Emma's. I, as I alluded to before, I was all in on the Wii. So any any cool new game coming out, I had to get it. So I can't remember what I bought it for. I don't think it was full price, but it definitely wasn't $5. I might have hit mm. halfway in the $30 range or something. Mm. You must have bought it on day three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is... If, if you're looking for a Metroid game, it is only that in name. Like, it does not feel like a Metroid game in any way. Like, Prime still gets a little bit of that exploration and uh, backtracking and new abilities opening things up. This has none of that. It's just like, it's a totally different team. I think Team Ninja Team Ninja. Uh, yeah. Team Ninja. So, go in expecting a Team Ninja game. Not anything else. This like, wasn't it's a even sci-fi. When Team Ninja was at the top of their game. This it's was not like when Team Ninja was like, oh, those are the DOA guys. Well, this was right after Ninja Gaiden 2. Yeah, well, so, this is yeah. like after, again, like, uh, what's his name? The guy that wanted to do Devil's Third. Like, that was oh, his, yeah. what I, he wanted to do Devil's Third. And he, so he finally left uh, the company, Tecmo or whatever, and... Anyway, yeah, mm. they were kind so, of have in a patch. If if yeah. you want to enjoy this game, this is the mindset you need to go into with it. I want a fun sci-fi action game that has a Samus coat of paint on it, with a very very cheesy melodramatic story attached to it. And, and I and like I don't even know if Nintendo pretends the story's canon. If if they do, I, I would say not. just ignore that. Like I you don't need not. to. The story is not important, uh, and it's not good. But if you if you can appreciate like real cheesy sappy like anime, I think you'll appreciate the story in that type of way. But I had a lot of fun just you know running around because you can you can the movement's really good in the game for the character, so it's fun to play as an action game and just go through some cool environments, shoot some crap. Like once in a while, they'll give you a little crumb of something that feels like a Metroid game. You're like, oh, if I have the super run, like I can get up this place I couldn't get up before. But it's really rare and not not a focus of the game. But like both these guys said, like if you want to go back and like buy a Metroid game, almost all of them are super expensive. This one's still pretty cheap too. So probably so, five dollars so, so, still if I had to guess. <laughs> So, so just to go back to what you said before, like the right mindset to go in to experience this is to expect a Team Ninja game. So, uh, as someone who's not like super into like uh, 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 action games, like you know, like the Ninja Gaidens or something, I'm just looking at Team Ninjas, uh, you know, uh, games before and after this, and you're looking at the Dead or Alive games, some Ninja Gaiden, some uh, some more Dead or Alive, uh, Hyrule Warriors, uh, Neo. So, so what's for someone who hasn't played really hardly any Team Ninja games, uh, what's what's my mindset going in? Is this going to be like very precise button timing and parrying, or you know, like lots think, and lots of think enemies? More or like what? PS2 era action, like Devil May Cry kind of stuff. But like gotcha. th- they have those. That game has a more complex battle system. This one's a very basic battle system. Okay. You don't have to do crazy, insane combos and learn button combinations to to defeat enemies and stuff. Like just simple. 3D action game in really interesting and vibrant environments. Like a gotcha. toast. There's not a lot of depth to it. No. Okay. It's and would you would you say it's difficult? 
I don't remember it being difficult. I think it was fine. Like I, I would think something like Super Metroid is actually harder to complete than other M was. Okay. Um, and and it's one of those games too where you put twenty minutes in, you're gonna know if it's clicked with you or not. It's not gonna get better in five hours if you didn't like the first twenty minutes. <laughs> uh, so if you like, you've already got it sitting on your shelf. Like just fire it up one afternoon. If it doesn't click. Yeah. You can go back on the shelf, like I, I, wouldn't say I, I, I use that exact like analogy, like with TV shows, like all the time with people. I'm like, listen, you're gonna know the first episode, like so. And some shows are like, oh, it takes a little time. It, it 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 really takes it, you know, half a season to like get its groove, or sometimes a whole season, right? But like, there's something about those shows that like absolutely know what they are from like the minute you start watching them. So, so it's always nice to know that going in. Yeah. Tecmo, once since they've kind of merged with Koei and have kind of focused on their type of games lately, uh, I think what they do is pretty good. They've kind of honed their craft. With Neo the is series. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I think they were just in a rough spot. Like I said, the guy I think had just left that wanted to do The Devil's Third. I can't remember his name now. Itagaki, I think, is his name. That sounds right, yeah. And I think they were just kind of a little rudderless at the time. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> Nintendo threw them a bone. That, uh, like, here, oh, we need some here. You guys can make this for us. And I think this is also a place where, like, Nintendo just didn't know what to do with this series, right? Like, for a they, while. Like, yeah, they didn't do time. anything on the N64. They didn't have anything to do with the GameCubes or the root previous Wii one yeah it's been like a decade yeah, since I think they, they once it, it got to 3d they're just like I, 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 we don't know what to do with this it hasn't yeah. sold wonderfully for us how about we just let these studios yeah. try something and if it works well great and if it doesn't who cares we'll we'll make them another right. pikmin game or whatever right um yeah here just spray some paint all over the, the world and you'll be happy uh, you know or water if you wash the paint off uh, you yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. You don't like paint? We got water for you. <laughs> yeah, we can solve all your problems. But 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 yeah, it's it's and then just looking at the release timeline, you know, like eighty six for the original, and then ninety one for Samus Returns. I mean, it, back in those days, that was a long time uh, between like you know like a part one and a part two, and it wasn't even on the NES. Like if you just every time. Oh, yeah, whole different thing. Um, so then you know when Super comes out, you know, like I understand, like that's you know like when the Super Nintendo's out. But, like, there's games on Super Nintendo that have sequels. Like, you know, like, there could have been another one, right? But, like, like Nintendo had this weird thing. It felt like where it was, like... Five right, Mega Man games. It, yeah. And it's, like, there's one on the Nintendo. And then, there, okay, Zelda, here's the Zelda that's on Super Nintendo. Okay, here's the Zelda that's on N64. And then, when, a, and then when another Zelda hit N64, I was like, whoa, slow down. <laughs> Uh, but then, uh, you know, with, with Metroid, it was almost, and it was always, it was always, not the dark horse, but it was like at every show, it was like, <laughs> you're going to mention Metroid? Oh, I'm just kidding. They're not going to no, mention that's, Metroid. That's Kid like, Icarus. But yeah. <laughs> talk about a series so, that they have no clue what to do with. Yeah. No, yeah. Or, or don't the, care. The or, only or ones uh, more uh, that have been waiting longer than Kid Icarus are like Star Tropics fans, I think. Well. That's Western so, developed. That will never go anywhere ever again. Right. Good luck, gumshoe fans. I want another gumshoe. Come on. I want yeah. another gumshoe. I'm the guy. The guy. Yeah. 
but that but then like from super to prime you know 94 to 2002 right and like you know even prime was like oh they're making a 3d one oh who knows and then there was like a little bit of a, a time in there from like when prime came out until other m it was fairly consistent and i don't know if other m took some wind out of the franchise sales because after other m there was an otherworldly gap <laughs> in metroid releases and the first one, and uh, uh, the first one that came, that kind of brought it back, uh, is another one of those kind of just like offbeat, weird side path step ones. Where like if you're talking to Metroid fans, no one's saying like, "Hey, when they're going to make another Federation Force." Yeah, there's a good reason for that. <laughs> um, I remember when they announced that during the Nintendo Direct, and it was just like people have been waiting for anything Metroid for so long, and yeah. it being that one everyone was so bummed like there was no positive talk about that game in any way no give it a chance no maybe it'll be fun like it was just like this is not anything we want to do with metroid yeah and and even you know any of that federation force was a thing yeah so i'm glad somebody brought it up because i wouldn't have said like if you played nintendo land as well they actually had a cool metroid game within that um and same thing with uh like there's a cool Okay. It's the, uh, when it's four people, it's cool. It is very boring by yourself. You need four people to have fun with that game. Um, and then they like threw a bone to F Zero in there too in Nintendo Land, which was also, you know, fun. Yeah. But it's like you'll you'll look at you know like reviews for Nintendo games and like I I'm not to say that Nintendo games get a pass, but I do think that they review very well because of the perception of the company and the perception of quality and what you know the quality that they do put out. But when you look at reviews, first you know, of, of yeah, first party, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, like, but you look at reviews for like Prime that are like in like nine, ten, nine five, nine seven, ten, ten. And I remember another thing that kind of pushed me to try Prime is like I read a couple of articles from some guys that I really liked at the time, and one of them was like, I think Metroid Prime is like my favorite game that's ever come out. And I'm like, oh, like I mean, because it's one thing to see a game that's like a nine or a ten. But, you know, then it's another to have someone be like, yeah, like, this is an all-timer. Like, this might be, like, the top game. And then you look at, you know, like, the reviews that come out. Because Other M did not review very well. Had a lot of bad press early on. And that's, I think, what uh, contributed to it not selling very well. But you can still find some eight and a half, nine reviews for it. Like, of people like, okay, well, it's still Metroid type deal. When, I, when I'm looking at Federation Force... And you struggle <laughs> to find like a five out of ten review for this thing, like. I but I told that it even existed. So. Yeah, I, I totally agree with Kelsey. There's a there's a certain type of game that really needs to be played uh, with other people, and that's the way the game was designed to be played. Um, I remember thinking that Four Swords Adventure was like stupid, and like a bunch of people I worked with were like, "You need to play it with other people. It's a different game," and they're right. It is a different game. Portal 2 and Portal 2 Co-op are two different games, uh, literally. Like, you cannot play uh, Portal 2 Co-op by itself, so... But I do want to say, even some not-great games get that benefit. I don't know if you remember Fusion Frenzy on the Xbox. That is... It's, it's funny you should mention that. That's it's what I was thinking in my... with multiple it's, people. It's where I was... Is crap. It's what I was thinking in my brain when Kelsey was like, oh, like, you need to play with more people. I'm thinking Fusion Frenzy. <laughs> One of my favorite games of all time. Twisted System. It's the simplest, stupidest little thing. It's just like a like a, a, a circle, 
and it's like a spiral and like all four players are on it and there's either like something that you have on your feet that you have to jump over or there's something at like head level that you have to duck so the only two buttons you're pressing are a or b like jump or duck and but what happens is like when you get hit like it knocks you back and now your timing is slightly off of every other player so like it's like you hear the other players you see them jumping like you're also hitting it's like oh that was too early or too late and what was so frantic about it was like you would mess up your timing and since it's going so fast you would get hit like three or four like rapid times in a row and push you back it was one of my favorite games but yeah it's i remember being like a hardcore uh xbox og xbox guy at the time like trying to defend it like no you guys are wrong blood wake is great and like getting fusion frenzy it's a boat it's boats and it's tony hawk pro skater in one you got half pipes and boats and uh that was me i was that guy at the babbages and uh but like fusion frenzy i was like here it is we finally got our mario party (laughs) spoiler alert we did not have our mario party No, it's bad. But again, that's the thing. Is like when you get a bunch of your friends together doing something. Guess what? You'll have fun yeah. because they're your friends. Yep. Sometimes, yep. yeah. Sometimes uh, it's the yeah. people, and not the game. Yeah. Yeah, I, so yep. I'm not going to give it a pass because of that, right? It, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing with Federation Force was you could take all of the Metroid out of it, and it's the exact same game. Mm-hmm. Like they just put the wrong coat of paint on there for the game. Mm-hmm. I think it would have all been right. more reviewed if they just threw Mies into it. Like, like yeah. it would have got better received. Yep. Yeah, and you know what's also interesting is just looking at the overall reception of the game, so you have every, like, third-party outlet, you know, Destructor at EGM, Game Game Informer, all that stuff, 5, 3, 5, 3, 7, 2 out of 10. And then the two highest scores on there, their sites called Nintendo Life and Nintendo World Report, 8 <laughs> out of 10 and 9 out of 10. That's, re- that's suspicious. Hmm. That's which, weird. Which one was the seven? You mentioned a seven there too. Uh, seven. Uh, Game Informer was seven. Okay. So it's actually you know it's so they they, they squeaked out a few but yeah I, I totally agree and it's funny because I forget there was an article they I read a number of years ago that I wish I saved and it was like games in like big series that started out as something else um, or like something else that like became a big series like the example I always go to is um uh, so the movie Die Hard. Uh, the third movie, uh, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, the one with Sam Jackson and like the New York and, and that stuff, that started out as a different movie, just a movie called Simon Says. And like they're going through like the regular stages of like, okay, well, here's the story, and here's what we're thinking, and here's this, and oh, it's this. And then someone somewhere at some point was like, what if the guy is John McClane? Right? And, like, then it becomes that thing. So sometimes I wonder if there are just games that are out there, and they're like, this is our idea for the game, and it's this. And then someone's like, yo, what if it was Metroid? So that's Federation 4 screams that to me. Screams, like, someone was playing around with a multiplayer idea, and they're like, I have an Mm. idea for a game. We built it. Here it is. And someone at Nintendo was like, say Metroid, and we'll sell, you know, 10,000 more copies. (laughs) Oh, the, the the Star Fox Wii U game. Oh, yeah, exact same thing, where it was like yeah. Dinosaur mm-hmm. Planet for most of the development, and then he's yeah. like, nope, you need foxes yeah. in it. Yeah. Is that the adventure game? Yeah. Well, Star Fox Adventures? There was Adventures. two parts to that, right? There yeah, was two parts. Star Fox Adventure games. and Star Fox... Well, that way... No, I'm talking about the Wii U. There was the one that was like this weird little... Oh, like, Zero. Tower, Star Fox Zero. Tower Defense. Mm. 
mm. game that was yeah. a part of it, and then there was yeah, there was the actual game. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't the Star Fox show. Crazy. Um, That's next week. But to, <laughs> so, but to, I mean, I guess because that takes us to dread pretty much. But I think here's the problem, right. and here's how Nintendo maybe didn't handle as well. I'll give my thoughts. These are my parting thoughts, and, and I'll let you guys do the same. In the PS1, PS2 era, it was really popular to crap on 2D games and to say, oh, 2D, that looks so old. Who wants to mm. play those old games anymore? This sucks. Ugh. Ugh, this has got polygons. It's better. And so it, We all talked in that voice, too. They did, yeah. too, because it was the 90s, and that's yeah. what you did, and you wore your flannel. And listen to um, lots of Limp Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> but so we can see two divergent paths in the ways they went. And we can compare these from the portmanteau, right? Metroidvania. We can look at the path and what could have been and what was. And that is Nintendo going, okay, you guys don't like 2D. We've come up with like the pinnacle of 2D gaming. Mm-hmm. We've perfected the art. We know how to do it, but you know what, what if we just scrap all of this? Mm. And now we don't know what to do with this series anymore because it was a 2D series. Let's just throw some crap at some second parties, give them some money, go in every once in a while, check in, make sure they're halfway sticking to things and not making a crap product. And we'll throw it out, put some fanfare behind it. If it sells, it sells. If it doesn't, mm. we're not spending a ton of cash on this. not the end of the world. And we're Nintendo, so people will buy it. All right? what else are they going to buy? This is going to be our season seller. <laughs> and so they did it. And people went, oh, it's not bad. This is all right. And in some yeah. case, they went, mm, okay, I really don't like this. Yep. Whereas Konami said, oh, we've made this 2D game, and it's really good. And we're just going to keep honing this 2D game formula. So and iterate on it. And sell copies of games that people love for years and years until we get the stupid idea to go 3d too and it hits the toilet so do you think that had to do with early 3d successes though because nintendo you put out mario 64 and everyone's like you know boom like my mind's exploded they put out ocarina of time they're like this is the best adventure game like we've ever had so they're like we have to do this with all of our franchises uh, there's probably a lot of internal pressure to make all their franchises have a smooth transition like those two big ones did. Whereas Nintendo Castlevania did. puts out Castlevania 64 and it's universally disliked. And they're like, okay, go back to what we know how to do. Let's let's stick in the safe area for a while. But that's not what happened. So Nintendo purpose-built the Nintendo 64 with silicon graphics to be a 3D machine. Totally eschewed all the 2D tech. Like, it doesn't have any of the tech built in for any of that. I mean, can it can see 2D? It can't. Yeah, you can see that from everything that got put out on it. Like, nobody really put out anything 2D on it. Yeah, there's a few, but not much, right? Because it's just not a machine that's built to do that. They went a totally different direction. Purpose built for a certain way. And Konami, right, rightfully so, I think, took a two, uh, took a split path. 
we're going to let the team that did Rondo iterate on what they did on the PlayStation and do Symphony of the Night. And we'll let another team create a Nintendo 64 game in 3D. We'll see how it goes. And they figured out, oh, this is it's not great. Didn't sell real well. And the fact that we'll release it again, fixed-ish. Uh, and maybe we'll recoup some of our money that way. Is Legacy of Darkness the same game? Yeah, it's just yeah. like a, the director's cut, basically. Yeah. It's a fixed version of the game. With a werewolf on the cover. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's how you know it's a different game. But then you could see, like, then they kept going on the handhelds, right? That that same team, yeah. they let them keep honing their craft and putting out content until eventually, you know, they they decided to get away from that biz and the whole Lord of Darkness and all that other crap. But at that point in time, Konami, Konami was kind of on the way out anyway, you know? If it wasn't for one of their team leaders, and they did the dumb thing of cutting their team lead that had done yeah. all that work for them. So that was their own dumb mistake, yeah. but... You can see where the paths led to, on the PlayStation, one of the most phenomenal games ever in the 2D space coming out. And Nintendo going in this other direction and kind of just making lackluster crap for a long time. Until they eventually seem to have found their 2D roots again. Which is what it should have been. It's just where it should have stayed. It deserved to stay there. It is so cool to see, like, every franchises release on the switch that nintendo owns being like the best in the series like quality wise and sales numbers and like i don't love breath of the wild but i understand why a lot of people think it's it's their favorite zelda and like mario and they re even some of the re-releases like like pikmin 3 i think is phenomenal and having that on there and splatoon's doing great best animal crossing from what i hear it's really cool to see metroid be able to join in with everything else that is just having like a payday there right now. And I think because we finally have gotten back to that point where everybody goes, 2D is okay. 2D mm -hmm. is good. We like 2D games too. And I think it took Nintendo seeing everyone else making the piles of cash aping what they created for them to finally go, okay guys, I guess we need to go back and do this. So does that mean they're, they were like staring at Undertale going, oh, maybe that Earthbound, there's something there. We should, well, we should I think things like that. Axiom Verge and all these things where it's like, you're just aping our old stuff. Yeah. And there's a whole genre created around <laughs> the stuff that we don't make anymore. Right? At some point in time, it has to hit them upside the head and go, why aren't we trying to make money off of this thing that our name is in that we don't make anymore? I love too that, that like what you're saying makes a lot of sense and so the business person would be like we need a new Metroid but Nintendo's like remember that Metroid we worked on 17 years ago let's pull that out of the mothballs and, and finish it off it's ex I'm glad right? I'm glad I'm too it's just it's just funny that that's yeah. the route they went uh, well and you know and you've heard stories about how like Nintendo likes to just if they have failures they keep them internal and they just yeah. let it sit on the shelf because at some point in time, they may go back to it just like they have and go, now's the time, right? Mm -hmm. And what what makes me really hopeful about there maybe being some, you know, uh, uh, you know, Metroid compilation is just looking at their history and what they like to do. And when you look at when Metroid Prime Trilogy came out, 
It came out right before Other M did. Uh, so when I look at, uh, you know, Prime 4, you know, being I, announced I and, like, really Other not M2 having any solid on, on solid info there. Horizon. Man, it's if Prime 4 is out there, do we have another, you know, like, awesome... Uh, because will the... Like, to Krabby's point, or Kelsey's point, will the sales of Dread push them in a direction where they're like, all right, we need to put more force behind four. And in order to do that, we should be re-releasing a compilation that, before, yeah, be before prime four. Uh, I don't know if they'll do it. I was just wishful thinking, but, uh, uh, and, and, and before we get too far away from just two things I wanted to mention, yeah. I know it's not the Konami cast, but uh, I personally really, really liked uh, one of the 3d Castlevanias that was on the Xbox. And I think probably the PS2 was it curse of darkness. Um, yeah, I love Lament of Innocence. That was PS2 okay. and Xbox. Yeah, I Lament of Innocence is my jam. I played a bit of Curse of Darkness too, and I see the yep, people I, there. That's not I, terrible. I, I, I played Lament also. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it very much. That's and the other in my one top just five like Castlevania. So love it. Oh, cool. Yeah. And and just another thing, real quick, with like oh, like people don't like you know like uh, the 2D stuff. So I was working at a Funko Land, and a woman came in, and she did something that like people never do in a video game store. Uh, at least in my experience, she came to me and she was like, uh, "She's like, what games do you like?" And I was like, "Oh, what do I like? Like, let's let's talk." So she was asking, and I was in a Street Fighter uh, like mode at the time because uh, uh, Double Impact and Third Strike uh, had had come out. I was really into them. I thought it was like the animation, uh, like uh, the draw, like just the 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 art in especially like i i don't remember you guys would know better because you're more street fighter pros but like i remember like the sprites being like huge in these games compared to like you know like alpha 3 where like i felt like the the guys you're, were you're like probably a, just a, a bit, a bit smaller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and like it was like man like you would do like one move and it wasn't you know i'm used to like the street fighter 2 where like you know you have like your three or like however many frames it is and then this it's like you saw like every little thing yeah. and like the fabric was moving it was beautiful and i remember like bringing this woman over and i was like look at this so i was like yeah i know it's a 2d fighter but look how gorgeous this is and she looked at it and she looked at me and she was like this this is this is just this is just 2d though and she didn't probably didn't say it 2d but she was like no like this isn't like and she never asked she, another employee what they liked again. Yeah, I think she was like, "This isn't 3D." And I was like, "And I think I like just like switched over to a TV that had Soul Calibur on it." And she was like, "Yeah, 3D." So, and and another piece of it, I think, because there are times when companies like follow what the market is telling them to do. Like the market is buying this, we will go this direction and do more of this. And then there are times where the market tries to force the consumer into a path. Where it's like no one is asking companies to make this thing, but companies are like, if only everybody would buy this, we could make a trillion dollars. And then it's like there's a whole big amount of time where 3D TVs are getting pushed on people. And, uh, well, okay, well, I don't want a 3D TV. I don't want to buy active glasses with batteries that are like fluttering. And I don't want to buy, you know, like, uh, you know, like the 3DS with like the, or whatever. I don't want to have a TV that has like, uh, you know the the po- the positive you know, reticular you know 3D technology and but then like a little bit of time goes by and it's like all right they're not going to push it anymore because it's not working but they were pushing it for a while and it's the same with uh, with um, 
uh, when I look at, I mean, if there's examples of it everywhere. Motion controls were, were pushed for a long time. Connect, like, and it's just like, if we could just get this to catch on, it's like, well, it's, it's, it's only going to catch on if it's going to catch on, right? You can't like make it catch on. And I sometimes I wonder about the business decisions that you, you know, you'd like to be a fly in the room on some of those uh, meeting rooms. And it's like when they're making those decisions, how much of it is some guy standing up and being like, this is what we should do because it's going to be the best possible thing we can do. And look at there's the history and here it is. And how much of it is the person in there being like, yeah, but we want we want to make more 3D games like this in first person. And can we just make it that way instead? Because it'll sell better, you know? That, like I read a book on the early PlayStation launch last year, and all of that was internal. It's like 3D. Like we do not make 2D games for this company. <laughs> we do not license 2D games for this company. We do yeah. not promote 2D games for this company. Like we are all about 3D, and it took them a long time to to kind of loosen up on that. And Nintendo, you know, I think it's just you had to be at that time, right? Because Jurassic Park was a big thing and that was done with silicon graphics workstations and nintendo (laughs) is partnered with silicon graphics to make their new console so you know it's going to be awesome and but you got it was just a big blurry mess right i think it's just a blurry just it's crap i mean i'm sorry i know some of the people listening to this will have fond memories of the n64 i understand i respect your childhood and I respect that you enjoyed that, and you'd probably look at some of the stuff I play as a kid and go, "That was a 2D mess." And I would agree with you. <laughs> some of those games were not great, but I have nostalgia glasses for that. But the Nintendo 64 is not a great piece of hardware, and you can recognize that because of the number of titles that actually got produced for that thing. And to- the yeah, total of good quality games that actually yeah. got produced for that thing. GameCube was a step back, yeah. but. Um, yeah, I think that was it. Like, there was just this really weird, ungodly focus on this at the time, yeah. to everyone's detriment. Yeah. Well, just the, the Mega Man fans can be happy because they got the two best Mega Man games in Legends One and Legends Two, uh, with an honorable mention for Soccer. Okay, I'll take the honorable mention. <laughs> Tron Bond, best, best Mega Man game ever. So, so yeah, I mean, I like. Yeah, I've, I'm. I was only. I became familiar with the character in uh, one of the, the Marvel Capcom yeah. fighting games. I forget which one. I. I Trauma was in two. Was in two. Yeah, on the dream on the Dreamcast probably is. Uh, we played one on the Saturn. I had the import. We played it with the Pro Action oh. Replay, and then two we had the just the local you know Dreamcast version, the US version. So I remember that was a fun character. Like just kind of yeah. like Get all pops the out. And you're like. You're like you're like, whoa, <laughs> where's this person from? So, yeah, but yeah, I mean that that whole two D three D thing, like, man, that's that's because you you almost forget that like talking about how like some of the younger you know uh, gamers out there who like never played some of the old stuff and like that's who some of the the you know the remakes and sorry the compilations of remakes are kind of geared towards. There's a lot of these just like industry trends that it's hard to to you know explain if like you didn't live through them because. I almost forget about it until like you're reminded be like, Oh yeah, like there was a time when just like everything was trying to do, you know, do it this way and it's like, we don't want this and it's, it doesn't matter. The company is going this direction and you just how, have how to many ride it out. PS three and three sixty games had forced multiplayer modes in them that were uh, awful and nobody cared about. Uh, 
Because yeah. you had to sell those mandatory. live subscriptions and those PS Plus yeah, subscriptions. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I get that, but it's just that's the tough part, right? When you've, like I said, you've hit the pinnacle. I mean, you've made something that's the 2D games that are amazing, and then just to abandon all of that mm. and walk away from it, um, it's heartbreaking. But, they, like yeah. we don't really talk about it either, but they did that with Mario as well. Like he's like the Super Mario 3 and World like are kind of the pinnacle of Mario 2D still. Like the ones they've done since then don't come anywhere near that. No, they're okay. And I'm glad that they have new Super Mario Brothers, which makes no sense. Why is it new Super Mario Brothers? Because that's what Super Mario Brothers was. You should call the other ones new yeah. Mario. <laughs> but anyway, it's like new Coke. Anyway, um yeah, so I'm okay. Those are my parting thoughts about about the Metroid series. So, what do you guys think? Parting parting shots on Metroid. I mean, it, just going through, you know, like, there's it's it's weird for a series that I like so much that there's so many you know kind of titles where it's like, ah, uh, you know, I don't care for, I didn't play, whatever. But it's like, it's like that when it hits, it hits hard, and it hits in a way that that not a lot of other things hit. Um, both, you know, like. Uh, 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 subject matter, style, music, uh, just, I mean, really, I know I've said it before, but that, that isolation, um, uh, feeling is, is a big one for me. Uh, the actual fear, um, I, I got while playing the first one. Um, I mentioned briefly before, I've only, st- I've only played a couple hours of Dread, maybe like two, three hours total. Um, it's my, uh, uh, handheld, uh, game right now. So it's like, when I got a few minutes, you know, something going on, I can grab it and play a little bit. And it is, absolutely appropriately named um i haven't been this scared or not i would say scared but like not comfortable playing a metroid game like this in a long time because as uh, when you're a kid not only are things scarier because you're a kid um but like also like if you're not as skilled a player like i wasn't a hugely skilled player i would die more and like i didn't want to die you know like it's it's just this kind of cycle and then you get older and like you become more skilled i'm not usually like afraid of dying when i'm playing a game especially not you know a game series that i'm comfortable and familiar with uh so when i started reading the reviews first coming in for dread that were like this is easily easily the most difficult first party nintendo game like ever my first thoughts were like "Ooh, am i gonna be okay with this you know and then i start playing it and like yeah i've died a bunch like mostly to emmys like only once outside of emmy combat um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a series that, um, I've, I'm still hopeful will give me that same experience that I love that, that when I, when I, that it hit me with one, that it hit me with the uh, super that it hit me with zero mission, even though it was like a redo of one, the prime, uh, uh, prime one that I played, you know, two times on, you know, different platforms with different control schemes, uh, fusion uh, that I played and enjoyed for what it was. Uh, it's just such a cool series, and I'm really, really happy that they they you know took the chance on going back with Dread and said, "Listen, we have this 2D game. You know, people people respond to it. Like, let's see what we can do with it." And I also I also wonder, did it spend time on the shelf like because it was too difficult, right? And like now that the trend in gaming where it's like. You know, everything's a Souls game. You gotta have good timing. You're going to die a lot. Like maybe people are okay with this. Let's try it. So, yeah, it's it's just a cool, cool series that, admittedly, Nintendo has 
shown that they are not super uh, aware or you know they don't they, they don't know what they want to do with it they don't know what they should do with it they really seem like they're you know kind of like seeing what sticks right now and I'm really happy it's looking to sell really well right now because we like to see some some more 2d stuff uh, in the spotlight here so yeah great great franchise uh, I hope it uh, continues to do well it's, it's weird to look at the franchise as a whole because I've never actually done that before I've just always had this feeling that you know Metroid is high caliber almost across the board but yeah Bill's right there's a lot of low points and I think Super Metroid just does a lot of the heavy lifting for the franchise as a whole (laughs) like a lot of it like more than I realized like Prime a little bit too to some people but yeah Super Metroid is just I think it raises all like it makes you forget about fusion and other m and and obviously like some of us just completely like wipe federation force out of our minds in some cases like uh so yeah the ones that that hit hard like bill said um i think really help elevate the whole franchise maybe more than it deserves in some cases but in closing i'd just say try other m it's actually decent (laughs) that's one way to end Okay, lastly, I want to make sure to read. I, I solicited uh, some stuff from patrons, and I, I got one response. I'm going to read it. This is Mike's from our Discord. Um, he says, I'm a big fan of the original Metroid. My first memory of the game was hearing talk on the playground about this mysterious space shooter that sounded very difficult but fun to a third grader. Flash forward to my cousin's birthday the following year, 1988, when he got a copy. I was excited because anytime you or a friend received a game for Christmas or a birthday, it meant that temporary trades could happen later when original recipient got tired of that game. So a couple of weeks after his said birthday, I was all stoked to go to my cousin's for a sleepover and see Metroid. Much to my dismay, he had exchanged Metroid back to the store for a copy of Mickey Mousecapade. And side note, this is me again. If you've played Mickey Mousecapade... Oh my god, what a terrible trade. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, as someone who's not a big fan of Metroid, like, that is a serious downgrade. Yeah, that yeah. game is trash. Um, okay, going back to Mike's comment. His reason was that Metroid was too difficult, and he didn't feel like he was succeeding at it. Okay, I'm going to break out again. But Mickey Mousecapade is easy? That game sucks. Anyway. It's, it's straightforward, though. I guess. Okay, going back to it. I think you regretted that decision after beating uh, Mickey Mouse Capade in a day or two. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's janky, but you can beat it. Um, it wasn't long after that that I just rented it or borrowed it from another friend and became hooked on the franchise. On a final note, in 2021, I am enjoying the heck out of Metroid Dread. Haven't beaten it yet. I put six hours or so in, I think. And then he kind of did wrap it up. Uh, first off with a little picture of the original game which is awesome in all its forms he's got the FDS the original boxed Metroid and then the re-release classic version and then uh, he wraps up at the end by saying uh, Prime Series is come see come saw to me so a little little uh, eh for him but it sounds like he's played through it so thank you very much Mike and for other patrons uh, when I put those questions out if you want me to hear you read your stuff uh, feel free to toss it in and if you want me to read your stuff then uh hey chip into the uh into the patreon patreon.com slash collectorcast toss us a buck or something come and chat with us we're happy people 
and uh, none of that trash. No old men griping about re- re-releases <laughs> or, or any of that stuff. Just, just some positivity in gaming. Yeah. We, we love re-releases because we forgot the first time we played them. Just, uh, please don't re-release <laughs> Federation Force. I'm good. Uh, so let's uh, wrap it up. And, uh, you know, um, again, uh, you come if you if you want to support the show, you can do that through pre- Patreon. We're, we're very glad for you to do that. Uh, Patreon.com slash CollectorCast. Uh, we've got a good crew of, of folks over there. I enjoy chatting with them. Uh, and uh, they're really nice because they give us money each month and they don't really <laughs> ask us to do anything for it uh, other than to talk and, and have fun, which we appreciate. That, that makes our lives easier. But if there's something that they really want from us, they can put it in the Discord. But everybody just seems to be enjoying things so far, which makes me very happy. Uh, gentlemen, anything else to say before we sign off? I just can't wait to see Bill's other M tattoo. It's going to be epic. <laughs> uh, oh, they put, you, 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 put it, you put it on the wrong M. I wanted it on the other M. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen because, uh, you know, corporal, corporal whatever his name is is not going to authorize him to release the, uh, the, the tools needed for the, the tattoo. He's just got to get Oh, fired. man, was, was was that the game where, like, they just, like, firewall blocked out the abilities? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think you're going to get the call, Bill. So that, uh, that, that uh, I'll put in a good word for you. Appreciate that, it. Um, thank you, everybody, very much. Uh, thanks to our patrons. Uh, usual thanks for the show. Come join us, rfgeneration.com. You can listen to the sister podcasts that we have over there, the Shoot the Core cast and the RF Generation Playcast. All wonderful guys. They do a lot of fun stuff on the site. Um, come over rfgeneration.com. It's our home base. Uh, you can find us on all the major platforms, except for Podcast Pickle. I saw to check and see if they've got that back up again. <laughs> and uh, otherwise, uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. <laughs>